Shut up and sit down. to Mad Get Radio, episode number 47, the show where we sometimes talk about Ninth Age, but mostly just take the piss. Now, on tonight's show, we've got a special treat for you because fresh of the, the stable door, the KOE book has rampaged onto the battlefield and we have got the review for you. And to review the book with us tonight, we are joined by the fearless captain of Team Ireland. It's the lovely James. How are you, James? Good, yeah. Thanks for having me on, finally. Been waiting for that since I don't know when was Zagreb? Kind of hinting then. Wee while, yeah. yeah. Is it yeah. quite nice being referred to as the captain of Team Ireland and not just Irish James like everyone else calls you on their podcast? Yeah, yeah, that was nice to get my proper title for once. Yeah, so maybe you'll stop being such a wee port, uh, podcast whore and like you know be true yeah, to us now. I just stay here now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm stroking my ego the most for now. Mm, I'll stroke more than your ego if you stay. Um, <laughs> Joining James in the hot seat tonight is the man with the littlest arms in all of Ireland. It's the lovely David Bowes. How are you doing, man? Well, what's the story? Thanks for that. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> I, I thought I can't let you both have nice intros. I've got. <laughs> I'm surprised it said littlest arms. To be honest, after the fucking uh, messenger chat last couple of days. Well, we might find out what else is little about you later on. But as, <laughs> as heard, anyway. <laughs> As always, I'm joined by the little ginger cunt to my snowman. It's Paul. How's it going? <laughs> I'm good, man. Yeah, that's a return to form. I like that dynamic. I'm back. Was good. I'm back. Apparently, when I prepare less for these, I'm better at them. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we are here tonight to discuss the new Kingdom of Ectane book. And now I know what you're thinking. Kingdom of Ectane are boring as fuck. And what's this going to be? Three hours talking about knights. And yes, that's exactly what it's going to be. Uh, but we're joined by uh, James and David, not only for their great company, but because uh, both the boys were involved in the playtest in the new book. So oh, they can... Uh, <coughs> one of them was involved in the playtest. <coughs> uh, David's just really good at Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the guys are here to walk us through the new book. Now, a little caveat before we get stuck into it. Um, this is not going to be... Uh, kind of entry by entry army review if you want something like that go and listen to the paired weapons podcast or one of the other various podcasts uh, or youtube channels covering the release what we're going to do tonight is be a bit more thematic in the approach and try and look at the army as a whole and basically discuss the things that jumped out to, to each of us going through the book and hopefully that'll give you guys a little bit more of a diverse kind of content range rather than just 20 podcasts all reviewing the same book so uh, we'll get all the regular shit wrong, but just in a slightly different format this time around. Before we get into it, boys, what's been happening in the hobby? What have you been up to? James, you've been uh, doing much painting or build? What have I done? Oh, I built a load of barrel guards. Spicy. Then I started, I painted like two of them. And then I got bored of the idea of that list. And I built a zombie dragon last night. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of just flitting around waiting for the points to drop, figure out a list. But yeah, I have just kind of building random things for vampires. Nice. Just a bit directionless, I guess, this time of year, isn't it? It's kind of hard to... I know, it's it's hard to, to, to kind of guess for it. It's even worse that 
like uh, without you recruit like the points. Like uh, a little spoiler, I've seen the update. I know what's coming, um, but it's useless because I can't be arsed sitting and working it all out with a pen and paper. No, that's not me, man. That's not me. Who is it, Paul? There's someone on our group that still does a pen, pen, paper. I want to say it's Michael. Oh, it would be Michael. Sounds like a Michael possibly thing Martin to do. as well. Possibly Martin. He does use new recruit, but I know he does have like a notepad somewhere with army lists written down in it. But who can be arsed with that? I know. I do, have, I do have to say I do enjoy going back to like the sixth edition books and like writing up old lists. I guess it was more of a process back then, right? You had to actually sit down and dedicate time. You can't just like sit on the toilet and write a list. Yeah. <laughs> just slap it together and see where you end up. Close to four and a half. This is, this is why we're wondering why we're like struggling to break fifty Andrew at events or <laughs> taking the shit and writing your list. There's jobby fun. lists. That's what it is. <laughs> oh god. It's all becoming too clear. Um Bozy, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, trying to keep the momentum up with the Undying Dynasties because, you know, snail space and all that. And uh, we'll see how this book ends up when it kind of stabilises. Well, I'd say it might take a bit of, a bit of time to stabilise. So I'm not going to jump onto it just yet. I'll probably just play with my grey models for that in the meantime. Okay. So you're still in um, the love-hate relationship with the UD for now? Then? Oh, it's, it's, it's starting to turn back to love. Okay. That's yeah. nice. Ambushing uh, laser snakes are uh, quite good, apparently. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. I meant to ask you, how many points are they? Pre or post? Uh, <laughs> pre, because you're not meant to know post. Okay, well, <laughs> pre is uh, 333 uh, points for three of them to ambush. and uh, That's still really cheap. If you were to have a guess at what they might cost after Christmas. Yeah, it, it might be like, I don't know, between 34 and 32 points cheaper, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, like, in the last few games I've played, uh, the last three games I've played, both units have showed up turn two. So it's like, okay. And they've it landed exactly where it wants them to go, so. Yeah, I wouldn't get used to that happening every game. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, James, like, these are overpowered. I was like, well, I have been getting them in every turn two, so we'll see. Only time mm. will tell. But yeah, no, I like them. Okay, and the UD's looking really good. Yeah, especially when I kind of dropped the Shag Guardian that everyone liked to shoot at, so... I was just meaning more on Peyton, but... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, sure, thanks. Sure. Yeah. I'll stroke your ego, Posey. You're doing well on the table, so... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Paul, we, um, we just recorded an episode last week, which will be out by the time this one comes out, hopefully. Yes, uh, it is. But have you been up to any hobby over the last few days? Uh, fuck all painting. Interesting. Um, I am now on a holiday, so nice. hopefully that's going to change. I'm going to get the paints out and uh, try and get the Mantic Giants done. But I got another game in today with the Silver Nails over at Oh, March. pretty tell, pretty tell. So that was fun. I tried a dragon list, so that was, that was pretty good. Um, it didn't really do much fighting. Did the old standard keeping the fuck out of dodge Silver Nail tactic. But uh, it was uh, a good game. Martin brought his shenanigan list. They had a couple of big blocks of goblins, and he had one of the uh, vanguard shenanigans with mm. the, the character that can basically push your unit forward like 20 inches, turn one, and then shoot out mad gets from it. So <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, pretty interesting to fucking dodge that shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was good. It ended up being a 10-10, which I was quite happy with, because I just really couldn't fight him with the list because he had too many blocks, and 
double master and just lots of nastiness in it. But it was good. Still okay. trying to work on a on a definite list going forward though for the Silver Nails. But that was just more of a playing around with the book and just trying different things. So nice. What was the objective out of interest? It was secure target. Okay. So I bas- we basically just <laughs> claimed one each and then I tried to put enough pressure on his one so that he couldn't just push with everything against me. Which worked. Kept his big Nasher block and a giant away for most of the game. So it was good. Nice. I've done fuck all. I've not done anything. <laughs> um, you tried to hang a mirror. I tried, oh my god, lads. Um, Home so, improvement is no joke. Mm, like I said to you boys before we started, uh, everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong tonight. Jordan, uh, my lovely partner, has uh, cracked her tooth. I put two holes in the wall, which were wrong. When I, <laughs> I went to hang the mirror and it's squint. Oh, you, you didn't have a stud finder, was it? Oh, I was so sure I was right as well. It, sorry, this sounds like a, a cover-up for like a physical altercation in your house. Yeah, it's like someone yeah. cracked her tooth, I put two holes in the wall, it was wrong. Moving <laughs> <laughs> uh, on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't managed to do anything. I was actually, this, this afternoon, I was going to text you guys, and I was like, oh, does anyone want a game this weekend? It's Christmas this weekend. Nobody's going to be game. <laughs> Just like one of those complete brain melts, but... Uh, but yeah, no hobby. I've just been sending James Vampire list, and then we've been kind of like huffing and, and shrugging our shoulders, and nothing's Bitch. really been. Yeah, nothing's really been happening. Mine was really good until I remembered there's a Swift Death Cup. <laughs> that was kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah it wasn't even just a wee bit over, was it? <laughs> it was like, no, it was like I had three Vakalaks and a dragon, and I was like, hmm, what else do I add? And I realised you're not even allowed three Vakalax and a dragon. So did I. <laughs> the, the additional two units of Vampire Knights was definitely a no-go on top of that. <laughs> God loves a trial though. So yeah, we're, we're here to talk about Kingdom Actain, so we, we might as well get stuck into it. Um, but before we do, as tradition dictates, we need to take a little palate cleansing trip down to everyone's favourite salt mate. Yeah, baby. It's all time. So in this week's salt mine, uh, we have a guest salt mine from none other than Bosie himself, who wants to get a little bit salty about thaumaturgy. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a while since this has kind of been brought up, but I'm annoyed about the thaumaturgy attribute, basically down to the fact that it works whether the spell was cast or not, so you don't have to successfully cast a spell to get the attribute. It's a bonus. And then, oh, of course, that linked with demons and their plus two to cast just is absolutely heartbreaking. See, when you first told me this, mm. I'd never thought about it before. Um, oh, I, I, I sat across my opponent for a whole game <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you, you got me thinking, because it it's the only only path that the attribute actually comes into play whether you successfully cast it or not so i think it's interesting james do you have any gut reactions to this yeah the same when bozy pointed it out to me i was like jesus like that's that's really good because like everything else is you're saying like you don't get the benefit you don't get the heal if you fail cast something so like not only does it like make the spell and stuff harder it also like stops you fail casting which is pretty big 
Yeah. Then, as David said, like some of the armies that can use it, like demons, I think, make it even more frustrating because the like two dice and spells plus two to cast. So you're looking for like maybe a five or a six, and then you're, you're fail casting and rerolling the ones and turning them into like a five, and then you can't stop the spell. And like it's just this vicious cycle that I think I think demons make it seem way worse than it is as well. So, but it's definitely really strong. And maybe if it was like you get the real ones if you successfully cast. So like it makes your casting stronger. Mm. But it doesn't stop you from fail casting because there's nothing more soul destroying than like two dice and looking for a five or a six and failing. Like you roll two oh. twos. Or or your opponent four dice is comet and rolls three ones but doesn't count as a miss uh, a fail to cast because you know you roll triple one and they just pick them up and roll them again. They ignore ah, that. It's, that. They, yeah, they ignore it. If it's played that way, which I'm fairly sure it is, they just fucking ignore that. Hmm. Well, I don't know. It's soul destroying. Salty. Very salty. <laughs> you're, you're keeping a lid on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no. It's just... Paul, as a thaumaturgy regular, what do you think of this? Uh, it's funny because I gave this no thought before. Like, I was the same. Like, when it was pointed out to me, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That is the only attribute that works that way. But personally, like, I don't have a problem with a lore being different from the other ones. Again, like, I never thought about it before. So, and I played against Thaumaturgy plenty of times before I started using it, and it never seemed bent to me. Like, it is super strong. And I'd agree with James, like, certain armies probably exacerbate it when you can reliably two dice stuff. It is super strong. It also does increase the miscast chance. Ah, you're, you don't miscast when you're rolling two dice. Yeah, but you're only talking about one army now. Yeah, true. So uh, like, you can two dice a lot of them with other armies. Like, if you have a master, like, the castings are pretty low. Yeah, but then it's easier to dispel. So you can't force spells through the same way. And I can tell you, there's nothing worse than rolling three dice, like, two sixes and a one, and thinking, oh, I've got to reroll that one. And if that's a six, I'm fucked. <laughs> But for comparing comparing that to Evo, where Evo will get one veil token if you don't already have three stored, and you can only get yeah. one extra, and you have to successfully cast it, and your opponent yeah. has to let that go through. Saying that, like that's a problem with Evo. Like I would have no problem with because evocation when you generated a veil token, it used to be not capped at once. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and I would have no problem with that going back again. Like I don't think that's a problem. Pretty a problem, yeah. Yeah. Personally, I don't have a like. If your if your problem is the fact that it's different from all the other ones, I don't have an issue with that because I don't mind things being different. I don't think everything needs to work the same way. Well, like I'm I, okay with variety. Yeah, but I just see it most of the time. It really seems like if someone has access to Tom, they take it in some regard. Yeah, it's super popular. Like I don't really. I, I, it must just be because none of my armies have Tom. Yeah. I, on on paper, I'm like, I don't care about this. But everybody takes it. And they're not taking it because of that, though. They're taking it because the no, path yeah. is really good. Yeah, yeah. But, so but that exacerbates. No, but that's what I mean. Like, is it that good? Like, damage or Yeah. Savage. It's really good. Is it? It yeah, seems but... awful flicky to me, though. Name a spell that does anything like Comet. Yeah, but you could say yeah. name a spell that does anything like Summon. Like, it's just like one of these spells. It's like it's like the the closest overhang from eighth. It's like one of these really powerful spells. Like, and you know, we get James dance macabre. Oh shit! 
But yeah, let's not let's not that. let's not go down the fucking warren that is the vampire magic phase. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think like all also, the spells are good in it, except for speaking in tongues, which is like yeah. pretty situational. All the other ones you want like. Yeah, speaking in tongues, like unless you're playing against undead, is I I just don't think it's worth it. Like when the vermin swarm book came out, I looked at that and like, is that really going to fuck vermin swarm? But the, I don't know if it's changed now, but. The way the the synergies work with the demon and stuff, it, it, you can't even use speaking in tongues to fuck with that. Yeah, I think against normal lists you can, but not the demon. No, in absolutely. fairness, I don't even know what speaking in tongues does at the top of my head. You, you basically turn off. turn off like rally around the flag or commanding presence. Ah. So it's very situational. I think it's changing in the update though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but that's every other spell is really fucking good. If you're good at rolling d6s, though, there is a swingy element to it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, like, I did try hand before, and you either end up with, like, one strength seven, or seven strength ones, or whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the wrong ends of it. But it is it is really good if you can roll even close to average. But yeah, I, I, I think the, the attribute just makes it so safe and reliable. I I don't know. I, it, the swinginess nature of it as well. So they're re-rolling ones, so that kind of takes a bit off the edge. And then it's just, oh, I cast this spell. Big old casino. Let's see what happens. Like tur- turn one against someone, they cast fucking the D6, strength D6 on a, a Colossus. And with the result they rolled, they should have killed it. Well, cl- very close to killed it. And then I stopped the three dice comet with my four dice because I'd... Uh, Crystal ball, they could have easily got both spells off of five dice, and I was sick. <laughs> Ed does this. Ed, have you noticed this ball that when you play Ed, if he's got Thorm, nine this times out of ten, this was him, yes. oh, was it? Yeah, yes, yeah, nine <laughs> times out of ten, you'll two dice, um, hand, yes, it's a very good way of doing it, yeah, yeah, and then you'll probably three dice wrath or. Um. Or if he's in combat or something else, but nearly every magic phase he starts with two dice hand because like as well as let it go. Yeah. I mean like I think people let hand have him go because it is swingy, but I think when you use hands regularly, you know how good it is. Yeah. It is one of the best first level spells, I think. Definitely. Wrath of God is a twelve plus to cast. And most people or not most people, but a lot of people that run ogres at least, when they bring Thaumaturgy, they'll bring the Scepter. Yeah. Because yeah. rolling four dice for Wrath of God always feels quite risky because of the increased miscast chance. Oh, okay. Because you're always plussing, you're always, regardless of what it is, it's always plus one. And if you've got the plus one card as well, often often the not is your general. So it's a lot of points to lose. It's it's not like running double master on a rock and goblin list, and it's just like another wizard that if you lose you don't care. Yeah. Or if it's like a vermin swarm list where basically you've got an adept that has access to it, and if he blows up, it's two hundred points. You don't give a fuck. I feel like you're kind of telling lies to us here, Paul. It's not because like oh I'm worried about my general dying. It's because you can stretch the shit out of your dice every magic phase. <laughs> you can just throw three dice at it, re-roll your ones, see if you got it, and if not, then you use your scepter. Yeah, yeah, and you roll an extra one, and if you roll a one, guess what? Oh, I re-rolled it. Oh, I re-rolled that, yeah. So, no. Sorry. No. You're obviously not played against me enough to know that that's not how I play. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got, like, a really good bonus, like, if you're playing, like, demons or something, then, yeah, like, it's easier to do that, because you can two-dice spells. Or if you're playing, like, 
saurians and you take the upgrade obviously that doesn't apply to thaumaturgy but just generally if yeah. you've got a strong like wizard to cast then yeah you can do it but i only have access to this lore through ogres and with ogres i think your your shaman is too expensive and too important most of the time to do that and so i generally think when people use that lore with that army at least they need to be slightly more conservative because of the miscast chance and that's why a lot of ogre lists take scepter because it reduces that risk Mm, maybe i took it with orcs just because when you want to like push through that spell then you you can when you need to yeah the thom adept chariot was big or even the apprentice with orcs and goblins for a long time yeah Mm. that was good or the orc shaman just with the scepters but again in that army those those casters are likely to be quite disposable because they're relatively cheap i've i've literally changed my list so it's like better against tom i just said no i'm not dealing with this shit anymore I mean, it is, it's, it's super popular. Like, yeah. As I say, I don't think that's got anything to do with the attribute. I think it's just the lore. No, no. But... Uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's definitely the lore forefront, but the attribute is sneaky. You don't really notice it. But it, it, is it makes it more lore. reliable, right? It does make it more reliable. So you've you good spells that are more reliable than most. It's a good, very good combination. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny, though, as well, because they're like, oh, no, this is the swingy path. Like, so Wrath of God is swinging, and like, it's random and stuff. But like it's way more reliable that you get your to cast, yeah. Mm. I know you do have the miscast downside, but like I think for a lot of armies that's a false downside because you're never going to cast more than three dice on that rat. Yeah, but other than rats, there's no spell that you want to do three dice on, really, or more than three dice on. Yeah, but then often than not, that's the one spell that you stop, right? Especially if it's a bad matchup where you need to stop it because you're not super maneuverable or it's going to have a big impact on like secondary yeah. or something. Yeah, but the reroll ones can really spike that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah you could, but then if you're rolling high, then you're you're likely to miscast, right? On the higher oh, boy, you're you're in a bad matchup to start with, so you know you're going for it. Last time I played that, he was saying that you should never throw more than three dice at Wrath, um, because with a master and the reroll ones, it, I can't remember. He, he told me a percentage because he sees the numbers. Yeah, but. He said, you know, it's good. Good percent the percentages are okay. in your favour. Um, and obviously you're not running the risk of A throwing too many dice at it and B, you know, the risk of, of miscast because it is what it is one of those clutch spells that if, you know, as soon as you say wrath of someone's already trying to throw dice across the table at you. So you can get rid <laughs> yeah. of dice only using three dice. And, if that makes sense. That that spell might be the reason why it might be like in the new crystal ball and you don't think much of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd take it for summon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the crystal ball's changing as well, guys. Look at all these juicy exclusives you're getting out of us. Oh, you're so naughty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I think that I think it's an interesting kind of angle because I've never really thought about it before. But I'm just salty. Like, I played yeah. against it a few times. I'm just like, this is... And, I, of course, like, the opponent got... They were rolling weird where they were rolling loads of ones. And I was just like, will you ever just calm down over there? <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, look, I just wanted to get that off my chest and just get yeah. it the open. No, I think the combination of demons as well is, is oh, super strong. Yeah. Like, uh, James, you played Steven the other weekend, eh? And he was just two dice and everything. Yeah, I was nearly crying. Like, I think he'd, like, four spells off one turn and, like, five. And, like, <laughs> just, just stand there, like, waiting for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're 16 
Why are they allowed that and you do no not allow it? Let's not go there, fuck's sake. <laughs> we just recorded an episode about negative player experiences with Martin, and no matter what we were talking about, everything came back to Silver Elves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's a good boy. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll leave that there. Um, if you've got any strong feelings about that, you can let us know. But uh, it's time now for the main topic of the show. Magic Radio. So tonight we have a, not world exclusive, you know, top 1% of the Ninth Age community exclusive. Uh, we've got... Which one of us got us into that bracket? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously Bluesy. Um, uh, <laughs> fall maybe. <laughs> Fuck, it's certainly not me. We are going to be talking about the King Directing book. So, just a quick recap this is not going to be a blow by blow account. We're going to be talking much more thematically, hopefully, about the army and, and the things that jumped out at us. So, the first thing that we've got to chat about is just kind of your gut reaction, especially you, Bozy. New army book, this is the kind of thing that gets people excited and terrified at the same time about what what's going to happen to their book, what is it going to look like after it. So as a Kingdom Acting player and a long-time Kingdom Acting player, what is your kind of just your kind of gut reaction to the book? Like it. No, it, it definitely <laughs> was just, yeah, 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 I was going to say, like, holy shit, that was succinct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, like, I like where they're trying to get or the direction they're going. Like, they're expanding on particular points and kind of trying to make it a bit more rock, paper, scissors. Like, there's definitely things that are going to be changed, but I, I do really do like the direction they're going, especially with the different blessings. And then also, since, you know, KOE magic phase tends to be a bit on the boring side, they've kind of, and then we've no orders or anything kind of special like that. So, the introduction of the Orison tokens, I quite like. Some people have very strong opinions about it, but we'll see how it mm. how it goes in the in the future. I've heard but, it's a free magic phase. Oh yeah, Fraz the Almighty that is, says DE are underpowered two months ago, but you're luckily mad at. <laughs> this is the uh, next next episode Saltman Friday yeah. <laughs> Just Fraz topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, no, I I like them. They still feel like knights, and the changes where they're kind of making them more offensive, like. The old book, I do completely like bitchy things and beat people with combat res without would maybe do one or two wounds. In this, you have to do damage to the opponent to beat them. So I like that. Okay, and do you feel that because the, there are some quite big changes in this that we'll we'll chat about in a minute? Um, do you feel that it's still kind of it still feels like King Dagatine should feel and it still plays like they should play? Well, yeah, I'd say mostly, but they've just given the, the book more options. There's just more to it. It's before that, like, people are, if they're going to hold up the old book on a pedestal, it was very one-dimensional. There wasn't that much to it, but what was there was nice, but it just lacked flavor. So I like the way that they're trying to inject more flavor into it. Okay. Nice. And, I, and I think and I think it's it's good. I think it's the right direction, as I said. So I think I like where they're going. And they're not doing anything too outlandish. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm happy. Um, James, what about you? So you're obviously involved in the playtesting, and you've played with the book and against it, especially as an opponent. How? What was it like to, to play against? I don't really like KOE, so um, <laughs> like, they don't appeal to me. 
I find them really boring. Like, yeah, look at the Slim Book. I was one of those people that's like, oh, great. It's like the same thing over and over again. It's like there's two or five up guys with like either a big sword or a lance. Like, I don't yeah. care. So, like, I found it was very bland to play against before. And like, you either had a tool to deal with the army or you didn't. So it was like pretty polarizing playing against them. Hmm. But uh, I think they've improved on that a lot. Playing with it was interesting because like they don't work kind of the same as a lot of other armies. You have to like really use the movement and things like that if you want to get the most out of it. Um, which was kind of interesting to give a bit of a go to. Mm. And I'm playing against them. It was good. So like we'll get onto it later. But obviously like say lance formation has changed a bit. So they don't generate as much static res as they would have before. Um, so they can pop steadfast if they win and have more ranks obviously. Like but they don't get like as much combat res going outside of killing things which is nice okay um and then the age of saves kind of have a bit more conditions to them so that's interesting the magic is similar and yeah i guess they don't feel that different but there is some new more interesting units it's it's not just like knights 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 and knights with wings like kind of thing you know okay yeah they're basically like your cousin that will like went to america or something uh, the cool what? cousin so <laughs> <laughs> no, like you but cooler like they've gone away like they come back all the stories they're just you is know. this shit Ben or the podcast that you did with your cousin <laughs> what are you on about oh. <laughs> <laughs> no I like that bit for Bozzy I'll use that in the future <laughs> um, Paul <sighs> what's your cousin like okay, we brick. <laughs> oh yeah sorry the KOE brick yeah um, okay, we brick so as a non-KOE player, I totally like get where James is coming from. For me, the KOE book currently is very boring. Like it is very one-dimensional. It's just knights, and it's just X numbers of flavor of the same thing. Uh, reading through this book, I can definitely see them trying to inject something new into the book, which I really appreciate. Um, it doesn't come across as being like overly rules heavy like there are some entries which are quite texty but by and large i didn't think it was hard to follow so i quite appreciate that hopefully that's a good thing going forward for like public playtesting and they can manage to get through the the alpha and beta stages pretty very quickly and you can get a solid book without you know being in a fucking infernal dwarf situation so i think that's a positive thing to see in terms of flavor like what uh, David was saying, I think, like especially like, the Fae category is pretty cool, and it gives you some different options for uh, like magic and things in the book, which I, I do like. By and large, I think it's fine. Like it, it doesn't make me, it doesn't necessarily make me want to consider playing the book necessarily, but it's, it's definitely more flavorful. Um, and I think as an LEB, I'm reassured by the fact that it's not as texty or complicated as it could have been so the, the, it looks like they've tried to keep it very much what it was without yeah. jumping the shark and i think by and large they've kind of succeeded in that goal what about you do you think it's um step in the right direction or you think it's just more of the same i think it's uh quite conservative yeah and because like we've done a few of these now the labs and i think this and dread elves are probably the two that haven't pushed the boat out as far as the likes of Infernal Dwarves and, and Warriors and Demons, which I don't, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, you can, swarm. I, well, Vermin Swarm, yeah, of course. You can still kind of see the old army book in this, but they've added to it in terms of units and, and rules and 
there is there's definitely more flavour. I do still feel that a lot of the book is Fifty Shades of Night, which we'll talk about no doubt in a wee minute. But stuff like the the inclusion of the Fae I think is a good idea because it gives the book that element of flavour. I feel like there's maybe uh, some units that were added in because they couldn't think of other units that would fit. Um, yeah. And that's why you've got about 20 different types of night. Um, but it, it does. the book doesn't scream that it's broken. It doesn't scream that it's underpowered. Uh, the rules all make sense. The additions are nice. The The units themselves, there's there's no kind of like walls of text. I think there's one unit, the old green knight, who's called the Fey Knight now, who we'll, we'll undoubtedly have a chat about later on. He's probably the most text-heavy, but he was pretty text-heavy before because he's so unique. So I think in terms of like unit complexity, we're actually okay. There's a couple instances which I'll, I'll flag throughout because we've been talking quite a lot about this issue. But on the whole, I think it looks it looks fine. It doesn't make me want to play King Bactine anymore, but that's maybe just you know a playstyle thing. Were you thinking uh, about playing them before? No. All right. You said you said anymore, and I thought, oh, is this like a secret desire to play like KOE that I didn't know? No, just like um, I remember when we read the the Dreadout book. Oh, right, and that kind of tempted you a little bit. Exactly, yeah, because Dread Elves had never really been an army that appealed to me. But reading through the new book, I was like, oh, no, I can kind of see how how that would play and like how I would do it. Um, I think there's there's definitely cool stuff in here, but um, it doesn't jump out at me. But I think that's probably because, like David said, like the they play a very specific way, and maybe that just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, I think it's. I guess it's a tricky book to do in that sense because it's always going to be about the knights like it doesn't matter really what you do elsewhere it's like that's what people that are interested in the book that's what they want to stick with right so yes i i i get very tired of people going oh it's it's 50 shades of night well uh sorry it's the fucking fucking night it's the night (laughs) faction for fuck's sake go play empire like andrew did yeah, yeah Jensen, he almost broke me. Andrew's the first time I played Andrew. First, sorry, the first time I saw Andrew play Ninth Age was with a very night heavy Empire list. Yeah, it's like playing. Oh, I, I don't like. I want to play Orcs and Goblins, but there's just so many people with green skin in it. Like, what's going on? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you did all your cousin and your spending too yeah. much time with Fraz. I think don't put those. <laughs> No, I totally take that point. Like, I I really like uh, like cavalry and games. Like, I really like heavy cavalry. You know, like shock troops. I just don't. I don't particularly like a cavalry play in Ninth Age. Yeah, you like the balls. <laughs> uh, there's no shortage of balls on you. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going full circle here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's probably just like a taste thing. Like, oh, I definitely. Just, there's nothing in the book that's like screaming out like I think that's shit and I would never want to play that because it's bad. Like I think it is just a kind of taste. Especially when I was uh, an ACS for Empire, like, I had to keep an eye on Kingdom Ectane form because there was always this kind of like tribalist bullshit going on between the two. Like whenever an update came out, it was like, oh, you know, knightly orders went down a point. That's an attack on Kingdom Ectane. Oh, peasants are too good. That's an attack on Empire. Um, and I feel that they've gone through quite a lot of effort in this book to really distinguish what Kingdom Ectane do. Um, and the stuff of the Fae, as an addition, I think is good in that regard. So let's get stuck into it. So we'll kind of go through this, we'll go through the book and the big themes, uh, picking out the stuff that jumped out to us and some of the um, 
we've flagged some topics that we want to chat about as we kind of work our way through it uh, and then we'll come back at the end and we'll, we'll chat about you know the book as an overall product and where we think it sits in the landscape but the first thing we've got to do is get our head around the slightly rejigged army special rules uh, of which there are a few so David do you want to kind of talk us through what jumped out to you in this one especially going from the old book to the, the new book okay well the old book when they first opened it up there was two versions of the blessing it was like it was strength five or higher you got the extra uh yeah. age of saves at five up or i think the other option was ap2 or higher maybe three um but they just they slimmed it down so there's only one option but in this they have it they have three different blessings that's kind of stretch over the army and they're kind of themed so like peasanty kind of units and normally have ordeal where they start up with a six up ward and it gets increased to a five up max if they're involved in the combat with basically a knight. Then you have courage and honesty, which would be mostly on knights, and honesty would be kind of on the magical kind of base guys. Honesty is a six up base and it gets increased to a five up if they're getting hit with magical attacks, which is cool. And then courage, it's basically on all your standard knights. Uh, that gets buffed to a five up if they're not getting an armor save. So overall, I'd say, just from reading that without going further into the book, uh, since Courage is on most of your standard knights, that's that's a debuff. Um, yeah. But you've, you've three different blessings, so you have a bit more rock, paper, scissors. You don't have more of the same of everything. It's like, oh, you have these guys are better against magical attacks. It's like, oh, well, they might be able to take those magic missiles better, try and bait the shots into that, or... You know, if there's someone with a whole load of AP or whatever, throw the last of courage in and hopefully they'll make a few five ups. So I like that, that there's a bit more, you know, differences in the units and it's more rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because that is quite a big change, isn't it? Because it used to just be you're, you're six up and like you say, you've got the two ways to do it. So do you think that will come into play at like list building? Do you think you'll include units with the different lessons I within think... that kind of overarching? I, I haven't gone really into that more so. I haven't, I'd say you'd have to play a good bit, but I, at the moment it's, you take the units that you really want to take and then see what, what protections they have right. after. Okay. But um, like Courage, that's going to be, it's, it's, it, hopefully it doesesn't come in too much if you're playing the game or else you're kind of faked. But, you know, I like it. There's just some other things like Ordeal, it's going to be on Peasants. I just don't really agree with them having a, a six of ward save base. Yeah, I've got no doubt. Well, We'll talk about that yeah. more. Yeah, um, I'll just leave that there to the side. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess the, the other big things that have changed here are we've got, um, well, let's talk about Orisons. Let's oh, yes. get yeah. the elephant out of the corner. Um, right. So for, for anyone that doesn't know, Orisons is basically a token-based system now where some units generate Orison tokens, and that's before anything happens on the, uh, the table. And you can basically use these tokens to buff units uh, throughout the game. So there's three main types. There's Holy Strike, which gives you plus one to hit. There's uh, a boost to your Aegis to a maximum of four plus. And there's Holy Wrath, which gives you fear. And if you've already got fear, you get terror. Um, and the new hereditary spell, which somehow is still called Breath of the Lady. Who decided that? <laughs> she exhales on people. Like... Disgusting, that's what it is. They're fetish. Why breath? It's weird French things, isn't it? They're a bit looser than the rest of us when it comes to. Dirty bastards. Yeah. Well, 
to be honest, until you until you pointed it out, I didn't see any issue with it. Really? Yeah, didn't really care. You're not color uh, covering yourself in glory tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I read the rules, <laughs> not the names, unless it's unless they're lawyers or something. If there's a lawyer on a horse, you can fuck off. Well, there's a few names that will definitely flag as we go through, but yeah, um, which I probably didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the new hereditary castles and plus, uh, you can generate two new orisons. So. James, we'll come to you first. What what do you think about this? Because this is obviously quite a significant change to the book. And uh, like we hinted at earlier, uh, Fraz, who's played against the book a couple of times, uh, is not a fan of this. Um, no. Do you feel that this is a good change or is it too powerful, not powerful enough? Or is it a free um, magic phase? Or is it a free magic so, phase? Yeah, there is a train of thought where it's essentially a free magic phase that you can do nothing about. Right? Um, like... I'm not fully subscribed to that yet. That's kind of like beyond Joe Rogan level stuff. I don't know. I'm not quite there. But uh, I think like the gun again, okay, we were boring. But like it was always Druidism or they had picked their own paths usually when you were playing against them before. <laughs> so it was either they were doing stone skin or going back a couple of nights a turn or they were doing stupid div or shamanism things and you were laughing while they weren't feeling <laughs> and making the nights toughness seven or whatever. So I think you still probably want to do that. So this gives like another element where like it maybe makes up for having an adept caster that a lot of lists would have. You do have to buy uh, characters or like unit champions and a couple of different things in the book that can like dispense them around. So they're like eight inch bubbles from certain characters or certain models. Um, so you do have to like invest some money, like points into it, and then obviously after you've bought your initial pool of them, you have to cast a registry spell. So you're using magic dice to get more. That's why it's not free for us. And um, then yeah, I I think it's quite good. I think it adds another element. They have to declare it at the start of the phase as well. So like it's not well if they leave you if you leave yourself at one target like one night unit to shoot at and they buff it to a maybe say if you were AP ten like doing alchemy on them. And you've only one unit you can reach. That's your fault then that they're gonna have a four up against you. Like, if you mm. can pressure multiple targets, they're either gonna burn all their tokens covering them all, or they're gonna to have to leave you somewhere soft. So there is kind of play and counterplay to it, which is always good. I think in rule design. So I like it. It's something different. The fear one kind of bothers me a bit because the bit where you can give terror, some of the faster units have fear already. So you've kind of, when you're chapping things, you kind of always have to assume that maybe they'll have terror at some point. And oh, the pegs have lost fear. Oh, have they? Yeah. Okay, so it's just the characters and stuff is on some yeah, of the weird things. The ah, okay. That's so there's only one so. thing in the book with fear. Oh, well, maybe the, the, the weird fate things, maybe, because they're free. Oh, uh, here we go. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple units of fear, right? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, but there, there was a problem. The pegs had it, so if you had, like, a couple of units of pegs, it was really awkward to, like, keep out of, uh, yeah, like, keep, keep in bubbles and then these weird flying guys are hanging around at the back and they're just going to tear you off and then the whole lances get you anyway. So that one maybe is a little bit weird. Oh no, they don't um, have fear. I don't think they have fear. So. But yeah, it's other than that, I think it's good. Giving fear to guys is nice because it'll help with maybe breaking stead. Well, if you don't break stead fast, you can drop things down. So there is play there as well. I don't know. It's good. Shoot Kingdom of Ecton have fear? It's scary if there's like a load of like Holy dudes boy. and big massive horses with a lady breeding all over them running at you. No, that's true. You didn't help me until that final sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just have one note on it, really. Um, I think it's grand the way, like, 
you know, it's plus one to hit and all, and the ward saves plus one, but only lasts a phase as well. So, like, you're getting two tokens. Um, you can only do two phases of plus one ward save, while other people throw a spell down, what's a hand of glory, whatever it is, and that'll last basically two turns. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and my other point is, maybe have uh, each orison or minister or whatever uh, have a cap with how many of them they can throw out in a turn or a phase. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about this. And, yeah. yeah, and how many uh, how many uh, of them, like a unit, could be hit with in a turn or a phase as well? Like, because like basically, Fraz's nightmare. Someone like keeps nine of them and then like charges two units in and just super buffs. Mm. Well, you you are capped at six, so yeah, you can only okay, six, six rules, but, but yeah, you yeah. could throw like buffs onto six different units from one guy or six buffs. Well, yeah. two buffs onto one unit or whatever. So yeah, it is a bit. You can see this becoming really nasty in combo uh, combo charges. Yes. If you get multiple lances in, and you've got one of the priest guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think they should more heavily kind of have it so there's a limit on how many you can throw out. So maybe you have to go more heavily into your casters first. Mm. Um, because a lot of them, a lot there's a lot of things that do get that. Like you have the damsel, and you can get your general to do and a few other things. So some of the units have it just in their profile, right? Yeah. 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 Well, so they're like there isn't any shortage on it, so I think there should be a cap for how many. Otherwise, someone's going to take one or two and just absolutely they're 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 fine. What's the point in taking more, really? Yeah, especially with the inch, like that's actually yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. Or you, you a guy on a hippogriff or a pegasus and he just flies around and gives. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like the flexibility of any phase. You can obviously do that in your opponent's turn as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's quite nice. Paul, what did you think of this? I think as a an alternative to like prayers from like the KOE book, I think it's it still feels quite original. Um, obviously you do need to know how to use it, like because you are limited by the number, you need to plan for where you think you're likely going to need it, and so you're going to need to have your relative casters of the Orison effect in the relevant place. So there's definitely like emphasis on the part of the KOE player to use it properly and it's obviously limited by having that resource that you can only spend I think the the fact that you can still you know create two per turn for every the time you get the heritage off is it does put some quite potential like important decision making on the part of your opponent though because it's kind of like I kind of look at that almost like um the bound spells like that beast herds get because they can take druidism as well. And like you say, getting like stone skin up or, you know, healing waters or summer growth up is really frustrating. So it's that choice that you need to make of, do I prioritize stopping that knowing that you will just cast that hereditary, get two more tokens. And then once you've got the tokens, I can't stop you using them, providing that you know what you're doing with them. So obviously you can like try and single out characters and stuff, um, and you can target the units that you can cast it from. So there is some thing that you can do about it. It's not like just completely up to your opponent. So I think it's maybe something that is going to take a bit of getting used to, because it is obviously a very new mechanic for the book. So KOE players are going to have to learn how to use it effectively, and it's going to need to be something that, as an opponent, you know how to counter. Mm-hmm. So I think it's relatively well balanced given that 
you are constrained by the fact that you need to be thinking about how you manage it as a resource and how you can cast it. Um, but I think it does have the potential to be quite potent in combination with Druidism, especially because that's always the been the nightmare with KOE is the fact that you've got fairly resilient models with the ability to make them even more so. I think the effects are pretty cool, um, but as we said, like potentially getting like terror access, I think is maybe a bit much potentially. Fear less so, but terror I think is really strong, especially when you can get it on a flyer. But I think it's a cool addition for sure. I like it overall. I think it's good. I think it's interesting that their editry isn't replicable. So you can only ever cast that once a phase. So it's not like, because you can get one of the items as a bound version, right? Um, is it a standard? Yeah, standard, yeah. Yeah. I thought about playing with it. I don't think it's worth it, the bound. It doesn't feel like you need it. It feels like you've got enough either in just your list or, you know, through the hereditary. That you or, can... or, you, or you grab a reliquary and stick them in a load of cheap book. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think if it was replicable, it would be too strong at that point. Yeah, I think though you you like like Paul was saying when you have the stone skin and then it's like right well I'm having either like four pregen plus three resilience or I'm getting two tokens like yeah or even you, if they like, don't have throne it's I'm either getting a, a five up regen or a, a five up ward and the ward yeah. is capped at four up in the in the army as well so, so that's I, I guess now that the the aegis is conditional yeah like that definitely the holy shield definitely helps with that change. And yeah. like you say, especially for running Druidism, you still have that decision to make of you can still get access to a 5-plus special save that you might not otherwise get because you might not be meeting these the conditions of like courage or honesty, for example. So, And I, I on that point, I think that the plus age save, I think, is the trap, really. Oh, really? When you're, when you're trying to, you know, close with the opponent and they're shooting small arms and all that shit, or you're like, oh, they're going to have alchemy and you're going to throw it down. I think statistically, when you actually charge, you're getting the plus one to hit is a lot more important. Or the wounds that are inflicted in combat, stopping them would be more important than getting bits, you know, chipped off as you get going in. So, like, okay. I've, had, I've had my first few games, I've burned through them too quick. I, I guess it's a learning curve anyway, so it's interesting. Yeah. No, I think it's overall, I think it's cool. I think the plus one to hit, Orison, I mean, that's. Oh, yeah. That's really nice for an army that has historically really struggled with large parry blocks. Yeah. Especially for low model count knights where you don't, you're not always generating a lot of attacks. So just that ability to whiff and really like rubber lancing um, yeah. is quite nice that there's something there to do with that. Yeah, because the impact banner's gone. That was kind yeah, of the, the answer to that. Yeah. So I, I think it's close enough to being right. I can see it being changed around a bit or whatever, but it's a good first attempt, I believe. Yeah, it's genuinely like, quite like original as well, right? Sorry, yeah. Paul, interrupt. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, it's funny that it is a, it's another resource to manage on top of Veil Tokens. That's true. Like, that was yeah. one of the oh, reasons yeah, yeah. why they changed the Helmo. Or not the Helmo, um, the Soul Token mechanic in the original Warrior book when that dropped as an LEB. They had Soul Tokens and Veil Tokens. And I think because Veil Tokens were still relatively new, they felt that having that additional like mechanic and resource to try and manage was too complicated. So it'll be interesting now that we've had so many years of like Veil Tokens, if this is just considered to be fine, like it's not as bad. So reading it, I don't think it is too bad. I don't think it is complicated, but... Um, 
it's interesting if this kind of thing will be seen in the other books and other forms, like these additional resources. So that's quite interesting. The High Elves registries veil token based, and the Dark Elf ones. Dark Elf one veil token based? Uh, What's no. the Dark Elf one? No, it's the you one where you take wounds, right? Yeah, oh, for... yeah, but you use veil tokens to You spend like... veil tokens to yeah. do them, yeah. It's just the reverse of the High Elf one. So for each, like, Veil token you spend, you do. Oh, like, for the hereditary, yeah. yeah. And then for the, they use the, uh, the altar thing. The range and that is buffed by veil tokens as well. So maybe you could, oh, maybe this could true. end up being streamlined that way. But you'd need to increase the pot for KOE though, because oh yeah, you, you can't be doing yeah. this on top of like no. uh, siphoning. Like um, you'd be careful then not to be just letting them have like four dice advantages every turn. Yeah. You'd probably have tokens. You'd, yeah, you'd probably have to use two tokens for each each effect then instead of one to one I'd say at mm. least. I think it's a nice idea anyway, whatever way they end up doing it, it's pretty cool. For yeah. Something like when you're trying to fit it between orders and prayers out of Empire, they found like a nice place yeah. to put something in, right? Yeah. I like it. And I like the fact that the they only last a phase, but you can, you get more of them. It's a different kind of like almost like a different kind of mini game to what orders and prayers are. Yeah. So They've kept that kind of the same feel, but it's it's very different in how it plays. So they get, I think they get full marks for this. I think it's a cool idea. I just, I think they might need to tweak uh, tweak it moving forward. David, when you were playing, did you feel that? Obviously, you said that you were burning through them too quickly in the first couple of games. Do you think this is going to be a case of you like kind of trying to conserve your Orisons until those big clutch combats where you're spamming magic and the Orisons to try and get that edge? Uh. Yeah, well I, well, I really like it with the Druidus, as you were saying, because early game, it gives me something to do. But, right, um, okay. Yeah, no, definitely if I feel like I'm playing a game and I'm going for the throat, I'd be keeping them for the, the, the plus one to hit for the edge. If I'm playing a game and they're shooting at me and I'm going to dance around and eventually run away, I'll be just using them defensively throughout the game. Yeah. But the the reliquary in the in the peasants, the way that's done, it's, it's quite annoying for the opponent because... It's a very cheap unit. They chaff your knights. You never like charging chaff with your knights. If you charge them with the fucking the peasants, then you're getting veil tokens in the magic phase. So. Yeah. Or not veil tokens, or some tokens. It's quite cheap, so I could see maybe change it. I don't know. Well, the, the reliquary can be sniped out handy enough in combat as we. Yeah, I think the time I diced you, but yeah, it's. <laughs> it should be. It should be thank you. I pulled five vampire knights through the reliquary and like 30 parry peasants in a round. So no, I just stabbed the reliquary a lot of times and then the lads ran off because they cared about fear all of a sudden. And decided Yay! To so, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Go, go, vampire knights! So, it lasted straight through. They saw the one way it, to live and went for it. The, uh, the reliquary is good as well because it's the only way you can generate tokens in your opponent's turn. Which is quite strong because yeah. you generate yep. it in your the end of your opponent's magic, I think. So then you can use that in that combat or that shooting, which is pretty think, cool. That's cool. Oh, yeah, though, yeah. I guess it kind of forces you to take infantry units if you want the reliquary, though, right? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 No, that's cool. Okay, so there's a couple other things in special that we should flag before we get into the kind of the, the meat and bones. Rosie, do you want to talk us through just very quickly, like Sainted and Night Baronet and Ordos uh, Minister? Okay, well, uh, Saint is just tasty. It basically makes your Duke have all three uh, arson buffs on him constantly. So he has plus one ward save constantly. 
He's plus one to hit constantly, and he causes fear. But if he's on the hippogriff, then he causes terror. So now the thing is, he, he arsons don't stack, so he's not going to get the benefit of it in the game. Right. But he can he can throw them about as well, eight inches. So that's not bad. And he also gives you one for the for the army initial pool. If you're going fearless and all, but like if you want a guy that's just a beat stick, it's a it's a really nice um, upgrade. Because I found the the Lord builds before this in the old book. Just very kind of gimmicky. They're not just kind of lads are kind of grinding. It's like oh, you're fishing for killing blows. If you yeah. Want to do anything, you know. So I like that anyway. It's it's interesting. Night banneret. So basically, with the lance formation, you don't get a uh, rank bonus for combat res anymore. So you can basically upgrade your champion to new like a warrior of the gods, dark gods champion, where he gets an extra wound and he carries a banner. So it's another plus one on combat res. Yeah, so basically you're charging and you're just trying to break people with combat res, um, with flags and things. I'm not sure about points. Uh, normally, when it comes to me making lists, they never really get in the list. Okay. Just I never seem to have the points. But you can do kind of weird things. You can put a, an enchantment on them, I believe. So you can get like an ether icon and just, you know, get get your magic resistance mm. up. You can't spam them though, right? Zero to two per army. Yeah, yeah. I think there's um, some options where it becomes zero to three somehow. I think I might have seen that somewhere. Okay. Was that yeah, a character option? Yeah, I think one of the, yeah, yeah, think one of the virtues maybe or something. Yeah, the minister orders minister. This is this is a bit of a contentious one. So again, it's kind of similar to Banneret. If it's on a champion, they get plus one health point. And then was it at the end of any yeah at the start of any of your friendly match phases, if the model unit is losing or missing a health point, they regain it. Yeah, it used to you used to have to take a, a discipline test. But they just it was end the turn then as well though so yeah it's 50 50 that would have been better but they don't benefit from the the druidism attribute if you do it so it's kind of and champions can't be raised back with it either so it's there are restrictions early on it was very strong because like your core units could get it and all of a sudden you're healing four knights every turn <laughs> so zero to two it's interesting gallantry that's your your flying stuff lance formation as we said Lance formation also works if they're four white. So, kind of when I played, I nearly saw twelve knights as being the maximum because if you took fifteen, you're two hundred and fifty mil deep, and it was just I I just find it too too long to. Three ranks of fours, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, now when it's four, four lads, I'll be going four ranks of four, sixteen. Like you get mm. a few attacks in there. Just so if you're doing core knights, like all the special knights are fairly they're capped at like. 10 or such you're not really going to see it there but it's just the core knights they're really on about okay yeah. so I, I like that change um, you might see bigger units of knights and not not as spindly and also because you're not getting the rank bonus anymore you might take a standard you won't, mightn't go with the lance formation you might just go with 5 across and get your rank bonus so there's options in the game and there's again more decisions to be made during the game it's like oh you know where are my throwing me tokens what formation is better for attacking this person oh I've won this combat I'm going to reform into a formation to take this charge do I want ranks or do I want more attacks so yeah I quite like it okay um, very quickly the Ordos Minister mm. as a general rule of thumb if you have to add in caveats to a rule it's probably a bad rule so the fact that they've had to add that you can only heal one health point, you can't heal back your champion, and you can't be a, a targeted by Fountain of Youth. Is that not suggesting this is maybe a bad rule? Well, in my 
in my games, I just wasn't taking it. Because okay. and it, earlier on, it was pretty good, and I was like, all right, I'll stay away from it, just because I knew it was going to be changed. So there's no point in testing something that's going to be changed. So I stayed away from it, but when I was away from, from it, it just meant I got more use out of druidism. Like, if I'm constantly healing one wound on units, then Summer Growth isn't a spell that my opponent really wants to stop. So really? It's kind of... Like if if I'm like if someone's doing small shots at me or whatever, it's just ugh. or I'm not getting the attribute back. I just thought I wasn't getting as much value from Druidism if I'm taking that. And also, there's other options like you'd see the Ordos Minister on kind of weaker units, which I didn't really think were worth the choice. Mm. Like, I mean, a, that's the thing. It's a it's a champion upgrade, right? So it's not like a a character that can bounce across units and give it out the, whatever unit it's in. So you're kind of bound to certain the units. Character can take it as well. That's the bit where it gets a little bit. Yes. Little, yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll expand on that as to why I actually don't take it in that case as well later on when we get to that character. But I mean, the units that can take it. I mean, it's not expensive. No, but the guys themselves aren't very good either. So you just don't think that effect is worth it. Yeah, no, I don't really, I don't, I, like, I might be completely wrong here, but I'm kind of a purist and I kind of stick with the units I like, so I didn't, I didn't see much. Because as an effect, that, that seems quite strong. Just yeah, guaranteed one guy comes back. The Ordo Sergeants, but they were just bad anyway, like, so, like, getting the guy back wasn't really helping, like. Yeah, when you're losing um, five, like, it's, it's, I thought it was good on the, like, the characters, but then you're, like, you're using up your character points for kind of, like mediocre combat dudes it's like do i want yeah, to have a guy that's like yeah like, yeah well you could have a killy guy yeah it's like, yeah. a bit of a trade-off but i think there was and like at the start especially when there's less conditions on it yeah it got pretty annoying when you had like questing knights and the bsp and the general and two units questing knights and they can both like heal the guy a turn or they heal themselves snipes. yeah or they could heal themselves it was pretty annoying like so got yes but, so yeah. they they kind of the they're called equity and lords now, but it's actually the, the old dukes. They can't take this at all, can they? No, There's no option. No, for that. it's the folk hero guy who's like okay. Right, that's not so bad. Yeah. But also, I like. There's another option for the folk hero where he's what's the one? The he basically gets access to no thine enemy, which I think is a savage spell for KOE. So yeah. I think I'd be I think I'd be using that and having him as the banner. That, that's, yeah. that's why I'm okay. going to jump into this other stuff. But... Right, well, um, I guess quickly before we get into the units, um, the knightly principles. So this is kind of like one of the make-or-breaks in the old book in mm. terms of how you kitted out your characters. What's changed here and what was shining to you guys in terms of, you know, you thought that was really powerful or, or that's a bit, you know, lackluster? Um, I think they feel a lot more balanced anyway. They're kind of like before, you know, we had that like Killer Duke, or was it 2019? Yeah. And like all you took was whatever that build was, was it Might or something? Like I think now, like they're maybe toned down a bit. There's a bit more conditions to a lot of them. But like they all seem like maybe, I don't know, points can tweak a bit. Like it's pretty early on. But they all seem to have like similar enough power level in different. Like different situations, so I think it really comes down to your list building and what other units you're taking now, instead of like this is the Duke and he's definitely going to have this one because that's the best like Duke principle or virtue or whatever. So I think they've done a nice job on making them all kind of interesting. That's pretty good feedback. 
I believe like the power level's definitely gone down on them, and I believe like the sole reason is because of sainted. You can just make make the general chassis just so much better with sainted, so they can't really you know throw on right. a big principle okay. on top of that. Well, yeah, no, I like them like forbearance is one. They begin distracting in the second round of combat. From then on, like that's interesting. Hmm. Wouldn't exactly jump to it, but like yeah. Can you take that on the hippogriff? Yeah. Well. That's and interesting. It's cheap, <laughs> and it's fairly cheap as well. Mm. So if you have that with like Black Knight's Tabard or something, or it's just... It might yeah. never go away. Yeah, it might never go away. Excellence used to be like a, a basically it's declaring challenges. And uh, an enemy champion couldn't take the champion, uh, couldn't take the, the duel up instead of a character if there was a character yeah. there. Um, That was interesting because it only worked in your turn because then they could just... You know, uh, they could refuse it in their turn, which is interesting. But yeah, no, I they, they couldn't accept, but they could issue. So yeah, like, yeah. When it was their turn to shout first, the champion could drop him. Yeah. But when it was the KOE player's turn and he shouted first, the champion didn't know how to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit strange. Yeah. Uh, so that was a good change. Well, yeah, no, I, I definitely see. I don't. None of them jump out as to not being taken. Maybe I'd say generosity might be the least taken. Yeah, probably generosity. Yeah, yeah. cheapest though, isn't it? So. Yeah. Oh, it was funny. What was it? The old one was oh, he got basically became a BSB for himself and peasants. So people just yeah. put on a hippogriff, and he was his own BSB. <laughs> just cowboy. They may have sneakily kind of brought that in. So I'll, I'll highlight that. Mm. It's built in the old hippogriff. Paul is a kind of a neutral and coming into this fresh. What were what were your thoughts about this? Like a couple that I thought, oh, that's just good for like a kind of combat character. So like the Valor one in this one, getting multi wins two against fear. Yeah, is really fucking good for going after monsters, which I think is cool for the book because it's very KOE, it's very very thematic, and it's still strong. And there's a lot of stuff that causes fear. So I think that's potentially quite potent and it's not super expensive. Like what David was saying, though, like if you're going to pay like 100 points for Sainted, you're kind of limited to like to what they can give you here because you've still got magical items and, and all that on top of this. So um, none of them are like ridiculously expensive, but I don't think any of them are like ridiculously overpowered onto themselves. Like whether there's any really potent synergy between the items and these. I, I don't know yet, but we'll maybe get to that when we cover the items. But overall, I, I didn't think they were over the top or crazy. So that was reassuring. Yeah, okay. I have to say that I think the, when reading through them, the one that scared me the most was Excellence um, for obvious Wizard Bunker reasons. Um, but the one I thought was coolest was Honor. I think it's too expensive for what it is. Honor is the one where if you charge the enemy in the front, you get plus two advanced devastating charge and plus two attacks. Yeah. I just think that's quite a cool mechanic where the guy wants to fight people honorably, so he's charging them in the front, but he's getting buffed yeah. for doing that. The, the 65 points is for the plus two attacks. Like, But yeah, I mean, yeah. you're really only going to be using that against monsters, right? Because otherwise you're going to get challenged out and those two attacks aren't going to mean anything. Unless you're taking two units of peg knights and you're yeah, and your combo charge and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, yeah that, that, it does require good play. But like, I think he hits on twos or threes, and 
it's going to be as strong as whatever you give them. Yeah. So the extra two attacks are pretty big. Yeah, because you're only four attacks base, so... And he gets an extra jump percentage, I think. Yeah. So, like, the thing that was jumping out to me there was, like, Honor, Sainted, and Divine Judgment, the Lance upgrade. Um, And then that makes them basically single models don't want anything to do with him because he's going to zone them, Um, especially if he's on something like a Hippogriff, uh, where he can kind of jump about himself, or a peg. I think that's quite cool. I like that mechanic. That's quite cool. the front facing thing is kind of interesting as well, though, because like you can turn away from them and not look at them, and maybe then you can't charge it, but then you're like, <laughs> so like, just don't look at them. And then you just chaff them with a dragon and, and, and say, right, charge my flank, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's some interesting stuff like where you can kind of you can keep them at bay, but you're going to have to like not be zoning the rest of the KOE list. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Or yeah, yeah just, just walk at them backwards if you're going to fight them. Again, I think that's just a good example of something that's like genuinely quite innovative, innovative, sorry, in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I like because it's fluffy, but it's good as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it fits. Yeah, maybe a bit expensive, maybe a bit fifty points, like sixty-five, maybe a bit much. Um, yeah. So items, were there, was there anything here that jumped out to people before we start talking about units? The aspirant's Elan is kind of cool. Trying to pick one. So what does that do? So it's, uh, if you if a unit is a banner and if the unit has lances, they get plus two strength and plus two AP in the first round of combat, following the these conditions. So the bear's unit is only engaged in the front facing, the bear's unit is not charging, and the bear's unit failed to charge in the previous charge phase. So basically, you can declare your charge, you fail, and then if someone charges you back, you can still count seven your lances for like you get plus two strength from your lance. That's pretty good. So it maybe helps you a little bit from getting but if you get like, unlucky like it kind of helps you uh, a bit yeah you take 16 core knights you stick yeah. either a paladin with a lance or a duke with a lance whatever his name is now in there and this is why I like the, the no die enemy it's like oh yeah move up oh I fail a charge or oh, I just move up cast no die enemy on alright my agility is a million go on charge me it's like mm. 20 yeah it's 20 attacks 20, well 21 lance attacks or something like that they uh, they did make it now that you have to fail charge in the previous charge phase, so that's good because before oh, it was just oh didn't see that charge. ah okay fair enough yeah. that's that's okay that's much better okay yeah, yeah. that's good so, but, but before you were able to just walk up and chaff things or like stand in their face and get the bonus so now it is like you had to fail a charge first yeah, yeah that's 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 mental that's a much better change yeah yeah yeah, yeah. always because, uh, that's broken <laughs> yeah before you could position yourself exactly how you wanted and still get all the benefits whereas now like you have the risk of yeah. Roll too low or too high. Yeah. Showing, yeah. It's not like you're yeah, a super fast yeah. army. They can't just go where you want, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. oh wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not demons. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, no, but okay. I, I, I still think that's a very strong pick, even with that change. No, it is. It is. No, it is. Cool. I think it's really good now, and it like it mitigates like fail charging, which is one of the issues. And then rubber lance is obviously the other. So this one's going to take away some bad dice. Or you can mm. just keep fishing for tens and elevens, and you don't really care because like. Yeah. If they fail charge and they come back at you, you're still going to stab them in the face with your lance. So like... Another one, they've been constantly trying to get Oriflame to work. <laughs> the last one before this drops, whatever version they had, it gave the unit, maybe gave them fear, but it gave them battle focus as well, which is pretty tasty. But now it gives them fear when while they're engaged in combat, so you can't terror people, which is quite good. 
which is a good thing. And then also they don't get uh, rally around the flag. The enemy does. That's a base contact. So that's really big for sticking people on st- steadfast tests. Yeah, I feel that's good. I mean, 65 points is still quite a lot, and you can't take it on core, but it's still. I feel that that's a good banner. Yeah. Like causing fear, like so you don't care about fear at least. That's pretty big as well. I actually think all the banners are good. Yeah, and these are all things you can put on your banneret because I believe unless the change, yeah. he can only yeah. take KOE banners. So. Oh really? Oh uh, okay. Um, a single banner from this army book, yeah. So you can't like take like Rendon and Flaming on a unit or whatever. Uh, so, so you can take a, a you can take a cavalry banner on the banneret and then a legion banner on a banner. Yes. Rumble banner. So you can just get. Plus two static. So, if you're in uh, if you're in line formation or like lance formation, you can't use a legion banner because you don't get the rank bonus. Right. Okay. So that's kind of so the. You do two banners and cavalry banner, and you have like three static, and right, maybe okay. BSB for four static. Like this is where it comes where you kind of have to do the damage because getting the get the ranks is quite nice. And... Yeah. Okay. But you can do like 15 core guys with a BSB and the bannerettes and the cavalry banner and you've like static four and you kind of just don't die and just oh. have five ranks and try and pop them but like it's it's probably not like super reliable well it's it, as we were saying earlier it's it's worse on bigger units but it's better on if a big unit gets mauled it's like oh you've six guys left but your combat rates is still plus four or whatever you know so yeah I like the fact that there's multiple lance enchantments not just one yeah it's a small thing but I think it's good can we talk about Tristan's resolve? I don't like it. Never liked it. Why? No, it's like the it? old stuff, yeah. I just think for 50 points, potentially, like, you only have to roll a successful to hit, right? It's not yeah. to wound or whatever. I just feel like that's too good. It's on a strength four guy. Yeah, but you're not wounding, you're hitting. Yeah, you just need to hit. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're taking him. So, you, well, you, you take a, a cowboy with armor or whatever what you just go into something and just turn his enchantment off where you're never going to kill him yeah but that that basically if you've got if you're successfully charging with a lance you're doing a lot of damage like you're saying with the new rules you've you've got a lot more better output Mm. you're basically negating the thing in that unit that was going to even that score out yeah i could see that potion of swiftness as well would be definitely auto take on that i think that's i wouldn't mind it so much if it was like you'd you can't use the magical effect while in base contact or something, but it's the rest of the game. I'm surprised it stayed, actually. I didn't really... Well, it wasn't really used before, so... Yeah, it's funny how there's like this there's this kind of like subcategory of items in army books that everyone else thinks is really good, but no one in that army book uses. Because <laughs> it, is, it is savage, and again, if like non-bias come from Paul, if I charge a good star and hit someone with a magical weapon in the good star... But like a lot of the time, I it, I think it's like you could make a read like you can't really make a build around that. While other weapons, you could make really really scary builds around instead that work in every matchup. What why why try and be defensive and counter what your opponent might have when you can just bring a guy that just kills things? But this is this isn't being defensive. This is maximizing your offensive ability because you're offsetting the combat score, especially when you can increase your static and do more damage. Yeah, but it doesn't work if there isn't a, a killy guy on the opposing side, on the right, on the same side that your character's on. No, for sure. But is there a way that you can maximize this as a tool in your in your list build by like sticking on a relatively cheap guy that can move around and just be like, 
all right, that Kelly guy in that unit that I don't want to fight, I'm just going to put him in that unit because now I want that unit to fight you. And uh, because I'm faster than you, I'm more likely to get the charge. I'd, I'd say it's a very annoying item to have on the folk hero, but mm. how much he's, yeah, he's 100 points special. But he's, but he's cheap, right? He's, yeah, yeah, it's a very annoying item for him to have because he's going to turn your magical weapons off or nothing. For the game? Yeah. So yeah, even no, if you yeah. kill him, you don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like I could say, in that in that point, yeah, in in that example, yeah, your your point's right. But I wouldn't, you wouldn't take it on a duke. But yeah, no, if you stuck it on a folk hero, that's definitely worth a punt. Yeah, that'd be annoying. Like, what do you think, Andrew? Do you think that's too good, or do you think it's just a shit design, or what? I I think I just I was surprised when I was going through the items at that stayed, um, because ogres used to have an item that did this, where I can't remember if it was a hit for them. It might have been a wound where if they did something, they destroyed one of your magical items. I remember playing James McCormick at a tournament years ago <laughs> and, and he charged my uh, nightly orders and I had my Sonstall lad in there and he broke my Sonstall turn two and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of it, I mean, like potentially knocking something out like a Sonstall or like a, a Burning Blade from the, the Warriors book or like... Yeah. Um, a doom blade from the vermin swarm. Like this is really getting rid of like a hard counter weapon that would, you know, traditionally fuck up KOE. That's like multi wounds and or like AP ten. Like so. I I can see it. I wouldn't like on average. I wouldn't say from paper because it's never been used before. This I wouldn't say that's overpowered. But I would say that in matchups where it's good, it's, it's good. too. It's yeah. very good and makes. It's going to make both. Unless, unless the KOE player is an absolute dick, it's going to make both people feel bad. I think this is a prime example of what we were talking about in the last episode, but negative, negative player experience, yeah. where yeah. when it doesn't come up, it's grand, and especially if it's not super popular, but I can feel that leaving a really bad taste in someone's mouth. And I think if you wanted to keep that effect where you can negate someone's magical item, then fine, but I think it should be either you have to maintain like base contact and you have to do a wound or something like that, mm-hmm. Um Rather than just, oh, I just hit you, and I, I don't care that I don't wound you, just because that's broke now. So your 130-point item is fucked. You think, yeah. Right, great. I think they could tweak it. I don't think you necessarily need to get rid of it, but I think you could make it a little bit more expensive and just say, oh, you're in base contact or something like that. Because there's other things in the game that's like this, right? Like, the orcs and goblins can turn off shit with their... Tool. And tropic aura and stuff as well, yeah. You could have yeah, yeah. similar, yeah. So I, I, I think negating magical effects is okay, but I just think for the price and what you actually need to do to get it off, I think it's maybe too light. I can see the the one plus attack, I don't think it really needs that because the one plus attack basically makes it an option for folk hero. Yeah, I was thinking because you give the folk hero um the Castellan or something as well. Yeah. Um so, Yeah, so what is it? So he gets plus two if he's Castellan, is that right? Oh yeah, you might be right there. Oh no, sorry, plus just plus one. So then he's two attacks, and then you give him that for three attacks, and he's a hundred points, and you give him a horse for as fifty a, points. As, as hand weapon as well, so you can't you can't add an additional one from a pair. Of yeah, weapons. but for like a hundred and fifty points, and he's charging, and he's going to be agility five on the charge that you could just charge something. You try and knock out the weapon or plus one to his. Yeah. So I think there. I mean, I don't know how how good that is and I don't think it's consistent enough to be like I'm going to include that in every list but 
I just think it's interesting that the game seems to be moving away from stuff like that and they decided to keep that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even have given a second thought to it, to be honest. I didn't even read it this time. I just read out, just went past it. Mm. So. Yeah, sorry, that was just something that I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, is there anything else here before we, we start talking big boy stuff? Chalice is cool for a quick one. So, like, if someone targets you, you have MR1. Yeah. And if someone targets you, you get a, a veil token. So, yeah. you can stick that on, say, your big bad lance. And if they try to debuff it, at least you're getting tokens, which are going to help you, like, get your buffs back in your turn. Yeah. And then, you if you, is, this a, is this almost like an auto if you take a unicorn mount for your damsel? So now you're MRS3? Do they stack? Because I think it's only. If you have, uh, it's only what you call them, banner thingies, eater icons that stack. Yeah, because they say plus one, yeah. yeah. All right, okay. Uh, you're right. If, yeah, you, yeah. if you have two. Okay, so that's good. Two. So it doesn't it doesn't stack on that then. Okay, that's I was going to say because that could have been mental. And then just very quickly, Black Knight tab, Tabard is the exact same as the last one, except it doesn't have the three up ward. Yeah. And it's cheaper. But a lot of things that we're reading through is kind of pointing towards a hippogriff uh, duke. I was thinking Hippogriff reading the book as well. I think Hippogriff is going to be back. Yeah, I'm de- I've tried him. He's nice. Yeah, I think you just kind of want to spread your threats more now. Maybe. But I yeah. just like use the attribute. Do you think that's like that in combination with? Can you use that in combination with the Ordos Minister effect? The Ordos Minister. Effect. So like. If oh, when you right. so you you die but you come back and then on your turn if there's a minister there you can just give him a wound. Yeah, I don't think you can give characters the wound anymore. All those ministers. It says yeah, champions can't. Can. It just says champions can't be raised. All oh, right. Oh. So he can if he's in the yeah if he's in the same unit he can get it like. So even like yeah even in a unit that potentially could be quite nice if you've taken the upgrade. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, you can probably just do druidism then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I guess like the issue with druidism is range, right? So if you are like, if you have your load somewhere, <laughs> you're not yeah. in range. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm nice balance. Nothing that's screaming out to me is is terrible. Nothing that's screaming out is mental either. Right. So let's 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 prop proper politics now. We'll start with characters. Now, there's a couple of things here that we've, we've already hinted at. So, Bozy, how about you take your uh, soapbox first? Well, am I talking about folk here, or am I? Go for it. <laughs> All right. Basically, like, ah, you have one, two, three, four, five kind of combinations. You can, you can put them together. I just think there's a bit too much options from the one, um, from the one character. You can have them be an apprentice, was it? an adept on witchcraft and he takes up both traits so that he's only going to be an adept on witchcraft but I just think it's strange that you can have him an adept on witchcraft and then fully kit him out as a knight on a horse and it's just for quite cheap so you've a, a cheap enough wizard flying around the place on a horse fully armor save with a two up and his, his ordeal ward save hmm. or you can have him as Nordos minister and his ordeal and all this type of stuff, and or Castellan. I don't think people are going to be taking that too often because you'd be taking the Duke if you want to fight. He could be the BSB either. I think it's just too many options in regards to his special rules and also equipment. I think if he's going to be a, a mage of some sort, he shouldn't be able to get that much armor. It's really the crux of it, in my mind. 
And also, yeah, he's given that the army access to witchcraft, which is interesting. Some people think it's going to be overpowered. Um, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah. I, yes. I I I I haven't played witchcraft at all. So but I had to play it against me. It's quite annoying. Do they get the <laughs> Do they get the random move spell from? Does I, a, I don't know if that's five or six. Mm, I'm not sure. I'll check. I think it is. I think it's four. Well, the if if it's four, that is but, absolutely like, you're, huge. You're fucking taking it for the attribute, and you're taking it for magical move. Oh yeah, or even to, for people. No, sorry. Well, well, the wisp is number five. Okay. Like those two effects alone on this army are mental. Yeah. Because what are you like? Most of your knight units are advanced eight, right? Mm. So one of yep. those spells goes off. Now you're moving ten. Yeah, well, there's Hammer Knights, which are kind of like the replacement for Grail Knights, and they get advance 9 on the charge, so you can get Fuck that up to 10, and you know. That's insane. Yeah, I think this is quite a cool entry, personally. Like, I like how... I don't mind the fact that you get a lot of different effects. It's very, like, what do you want this person to do? Because it keeps it contained within the book, at least, and it's not like... You, you could maybe break it down and say these are the more, like, support, like the Orders Minister or Magic, or you can go this route, and it's, like, more combat like synergy type role maybe that would be better in terms of pointing the stuff maybe with that i don't know do you think that'd be better in terms of keeping things like the the base rules for things like the orders minister and like the the wizards like less armored and things would you, yeah. do you think that would be better and then you can maybe tweak the points a little bit more that way so it's it's cheaper but you know not as resilient and then the other stuff you can kind of go the other way would that be better do you think yeah i just think there's too much freedom at the moment i think it should be split down the middle right okay so you'd rather so, this be like two two entries yeah something like that or okay you That's know take from two two things because like you only got the three there's only three character like entries right so that would yeah. only be four so yeah, yeah i guess yeah. that wouldn't be ridiculous either right yeah that's trabador like is really good with the apprentice on divination that's what i'm mad for because then he can also be a bannerman as well so mm. he can bsb that's fully armored and then he's dishing out a really nice buff for koe or if that's not a good buff you take the registry yeah so we should say like with these um for people that haven't seen the book yet it's with yeah. the with these traits you can combine two of them unless it says otherwise so the the quinn upgrade which allows you to be the adept on witchcraft counts as two so you can't combine that with anything else but the rest of them i think you can yeah, they're all things. Yeah. So, like, looking at the Castellan there, you can take a knightly principle with this guy. So you can, so you could take that weapon that we were talking about, and then you could take the one where a character has to accept a duel. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Right. So that's potentially problematic. Yeah. <laughs> you just take this, that upgrade, and then a potion of swiftness, and charge it into something, and be like, right, challenge. You need to accept, and I'm going to break your fucking weapon now. Yeah, and he's strong enough to kill a, a champion handy enough on his own. So. Yeah, but I mean, you're only really. I mean, if he kills, if he kills the weapon, I mean, how many how many points would that be? It'd be, a hundred points base with the with that virtue. A horse is. Fifty five points, and then fifty points for the upgrade. So you're two hundred five points, and then you take a portion of swiftness for like an extra twenty points. Yeah. That's really fucking good to get rid yeah, of like yeah. a potentially hard counter. That's really good. And he's not terrible in other no. matchups as well. No. I mean, you could even take another, if you wanted to, you could take another trait and you can make him an Orders Minister. So if you've got another character in his unit, then you're at least healing. 
I, yeah. I, I think you just keep them cheap, but I think that's really fucking good. But I think the the thing that initially stood out to me when I read this was like the witchcraft access. Yeah. I think that's really fucking strong. It's hard to look past that. Yeah, because it is so cheap as well. Like I, I could almost like chaff. <laughs> using like, chaff on easy charges. I wouldn't maybe I wouldn't mind so much if they they kind of did your suggestion, David, and they 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 split it and they made that option slightly more expensive. Yeah. Or they they made them easier to kill, like you couldn't get such a good armor save on them or something. But I think I think that's really fucking good. I I know people have been asking for this based on like the old background and stuff, like the old like Musignon type influence. But um, yeah, I think that's I I don't know if that's too good or not. Yeah, like yeah. if he if he goes witchcraft, my kind of thing is oh he should only be able to join uh, ordeal units or something like that, you know. Hmm. Instead of cur- courage or honesty, it sounds a bit strange. A witchcraft guy, if he's coming from, mm. I don't know. We, we we won't go into fluff, but he needs to be restricted as to where he goes, basically. I think. Okay, that's an interesting idea. What did you think, Andrew? Yeah, it's like what you guys said. It's, it's hard to look past the witchcraft and the the div. I mean, even the troubadour for thirty five points to give him so cheap. Um, know thine enemy. Uh, yeah, I think that's really good because he's what one hundred and five points, and then you give him a horse. Like <laughs> that's pretty good, and then you give him, uh, you know, he's mounted. So what? Uh, yeah, what is that? One hundred five. Then you can give him a horse for fifty-five. So you're, you're one hundred and sixty. Like that's no bad, lads. That's no bad. Then you can make him a BSB, and he's like two something. But like, yeah, nothing. I think he's. I think he's good. I, He's, it's quite a lot on the page. Like he's an entire page to himself. But where we've seen rules or or like uh, characters or units like this in the past, it's been blocks of text. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not as bad as the idea yeah. shaman wizard guy, right? And I actually really like that. Once you've read the special rules, all of this is very intuitive. You know what everything does. Every single one of these rules is a sentence or two sentences in the in the uh, Castellan one. But personally, I am completely fine with that type of unit. Um, I don't know about witchcraft because I think witchcraft in, in this armor book is very very strong, and I can't really see. I think at least initially, I think a lot of people will run uh, druidism and witchcraft. I would just put my points to Killy dudes instead. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I think this is it, that he synergizes with yeah. a lot of different types of lists as well that you can build. So, like, your Achilles dudes, the witchcraft is going to be awesome because you just keep putting evil eye on them. Yeah. yeah. And then your, your hippograph is just, like, zooming across the the field. Who's also cold-blooded now. He's cold-blooded. Because the, the No, the hippogriff is cold-blooded. Oh, right. That's the main rule. How does makes... that make sense? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, when you're engaged in combat, your yeah, discipline tests are subject to min-minus rule. Oh, okay, okay. It's not actually got the cold-blooded rule. Ah, oh, it's basically cold-blooded. Weirdly, I'm actually all right with that. <laughs> but see if he had cold-blooded, that was going to happen. One thing I wanted to ask. What is a Quinn? I don't know that reference. I thought you guys might know. Because oh, a Quinn... Which you tell me, do you know? A Q-U-I-M is a vagina. <laughs> Yeah. So those are the pussy then. Well, he is so, the witchcraft lad. So, yeah. so you pay 120 <laughs> points for him to become a pussy. <laughs> yeah. 
But in that case, then he shouldn't be allowed armor. He should like. <laughs> well, minus that's what I was saying. You know? Yeah. But uh, I don't get why it's not a damsel upgrade to be like right, like a forbidden packs damsel, and she can oh, only be, be an adept, and she gets yeah. access to witchcraft. Why didn't they do that? Because like this guy is cheaper than a damsel adept. A, a master witchcraft damsel would be kind of. Ridiculous. But you can say that like if you go forbidden path, you can only. Oh yeah, yeah. Become a wizard adept, and you can only select from witchcraft or whatever. I think Sylvan Elves did it like back in 1.3 or like just before 2.0 when things got locked. That's kind of way of getting some witchcraft. It's kind of reminiscent of the warlock outcast in a way, like fluffwise. Yeah, so I I don't know why they didn't do that. I did suggest it kind of later on in playtesting, but I think it'd be easier to balance if all your casters are in oh, one yeah. unit yeah. thing, because then you're like, right, well. This is what the casters do, and then, like, even if you wanted to make it that, like, the damsel's a bit, like, the witchcrafty one's not as good, you can maybe take away the beloved bit or something like that, because she thinks that, like, she doesn't always get stand behind, because it's a witch instead of a damsel, I don't know. But I thought that would have been a good, a good place to start. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Um, other than that, I like the other guy, the truth guy guys, too, because he's kind of like a caster-slash-combat dude. Yeah. Which is fun. Very cheap. But, yeah, yeah, but, it, it, yeah, look. Points can be fixed. I like the idea of like that he's got like Aspel and he's gonna go punch lads. It's gonna there's not a lot of that in the game. And if there is, it's usually super super expensive. So like your vampire counts, they're overcosted. So it's gonna slip in as money. Yeah. VC. Yeah, they are. Um. So yeah, I I'd like to see more hybrid characters. Is that the right word? Hybrid. Yeah. 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 That could be cool going down the line. Um. Like highborn elves, I think, have potential for a lot of that and stuff. So yeah. Good intro for that kind of thing. Well, interestingly, the crown of the Wizard King is going to come down slightly in points in the next update. Which, it's always something that I want to put in the list, but it's always the first thing to get cut if I'm over. But this has got the added advantage of, one, you always know what your path's going to be, and it's cheaper, and it doesn't come out of your, your special items. Points, yeah. So, it's I think good. this is cool. Yeah, I think it's quite good. I like the idea of this build-your-own-hero kind of thing, but it's just... Adding in the proper wizard caster just is a bit weird, I think. I think that's yeah. quite a good, it's quite a nice idea. Would he get picked if you took the witchcraft away from him? Yeah, well, I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Cheaper DSB, Troubadour is good. Castellan is alright. Castellan, whatever it is. Cleric is okay as well, if you want it, like, build a kind of a Death Star thing. You can have a Cleric BSB that's like healing from snipes and stuff. Yeah. I think there's a lot of options. I don't I like the witchcraft isn't really a go to. I think on paper first it's class, but like Druidism eats up so much dice and I still think that's the best path. I think the combination of a, a yeah. witchcraft adept, a druidism master, and having access to orisons that's a lot of stuff that your opponent's got to think about what they let you have. Because if they're stopping like the hereditary to stop you getting access to more tokens at the sacrifice of making your units faster or putting a magical move on a big knight unit that you've tried to chaff that is now not chaffed or letting off Judas and spells. That seems really strong. Oh, yeah, that's a 12 yeah. inch fly, is it? If you did a boosted, yeah. Jesus, okay, yeah. Or eight inches away. I was thinking before as well, you could do witchcraft adept and shamanism master. Like I've done yeah, a bit orcs before. It's a good combo. Get like the. Twisted effigy and you get shit in hell and a couple mm. of things. But I think in that point, druidism is probably just flat better for 
dodging bullets. Instead of dodging them, you just take them in the face and don't care. Yeah, you got better it's probably too. a bit easier there, isn't it? But could be a thing. I mean, if it spices up magic a bit, that's good. You kind of, when you played KOE before, like I was saying, to start, you kind of just be like, okay, Druidism guy. Oh no, right. Yeah. Like, what I find interesting with this book is the last book, everyone always endlessly complained that KOE are boring, and then when KOE are getting new things, everyone's in uproar. It's like. <laughs> yeah, but it's like. Change is bad. <laughs> I, I think I would agree with you. Like, I, I think it's I think it's good that you are getting new stuff in the book. And I, that for that reason, I like things like the addition of the fake Agri and I like the addition of Orisons and things because that seems like quite an original thing to add. Yeah. This seems like what? <laughs> what does this book not need? Oh, I know, extra movement. Like, yeah, all yeah. right, so let's give you witchcraft. This just seems mental. If you go on the KOE forums, there's some people that will tell you that KOE don't actually. Yeah, have but if you movement. if you go on some of the forums, you'll you'll, you'll hear yeah. fucking all sorts, won't you? <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Oh god. Apparently dwarves are slow as well. Apparently dwarves are fucking Jews if you go on certain forums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the forum. You can make him Robin Hood for ten points. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> just, just say, can eighty points for Robin Hood? No. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> any other anything else that anyone wants to flag for for characters? Um, just quickly on the the Duke. Yeah. Uh, I I'd say from a glance, I'd say he's good or whatever. There's endless combinations that we're going to need to sort through after yeah. this has been released, but. The one thing that kind of jumps out at me is the Paladin upgrade firm. It's 30 points, so it's not dear. But the Lord model gains divine attacks. The model gains not a leader. leader. He's honesty. He's ours and, and uh, loses courage. So, But uh, he also says in an asterisk, he cannot take the battle standard either. So you can't be a leader and can't take the battle standard. And you already you need to be SB. You need a leader and you need a mage. Yeah. When are you gonna when are you gonna put this in? The only way I can see this working is if someone puts sainted on the damsel to make her leadership nine. And then you take these guys, but I don't really see it. Maybe if someone like spams a load of really like minimum fairly like naked paladins for some reason. Because there's other ways to get magic in the book and other units that give you magical access. I wonder if that's like either this is just a way for you to go balls out, fuck magic. You're just yep. gonna go oh, yeah. super aggro, right? So you're gonna have a guy who's you put this on him so you can do divine attacks, multi wounds, blah blah blah, you just go like full balls out. Maybe that's part of the rationale. Okay. Um, that's, maybe, that's an option, I like that. Yeah, maybe you maybe you don't take the damsel. I know what you mean though, like it, the game feels like most of the time you want magic you want a reroll and if either of those characters have an obvious weakness in terms of leadership or survivability you, you might need an, a third character but maybe there it's just for like options maybe better players than me can make that work but like i would i'm the same as you i generally don't like having to pay for characters i don't want to use yeah it's, it's hard for me to see skewed lists i don't really mm. can't really make skewed lists i like me a multi kind of middle of the road lists I think the powers that be are actively trying to make magic more expensive and also push people away from the standard master plus adept. So maybe people will move away from that. 
in the next update because again, spoiler, magic's becoming more expensive across the board. Like I do suppose he like he does get divine tax, but he has arson one, so he's getting a token and he can throw tokens out. So maybe if you kind of lean on the arsons and say that's your magic phase. Yeah, that's starting to dangerously sound like a non-free magic phase now, David. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't read that and think I'd definitely take that. I think that's just a fun, flavourable thing, or if you're going to really go aggro and you want some really punchy, like, Lord builds, getting access to Divine Attacks is quite nice. Yeah, it's huge. Like, especially if you're taking the anti-challenge rule right thing. Yeah. Would it break the game if he could be the VSP? I don't think so, like... I don't know. Is that something that's changed much over playtesting, or has it always been that way? It's always been that way, so we've never, like... They were capped at zero to two at a point, which are not anymore. Which makes sense because I don't know who was trying to fit four of them in and a BSB and a Lord. And like, but was Tim Botnick on the? Uh, <laughs> no, we, we should have got him in just to see what spam potential there was. <laughs> um, all it gives him is arson and divine attacks. Like, what? What bad things happen if your BSB has that? I know. What are they worried about? There must be some combination that they're. Yeah, maybe that'll I'll change if other things get changed in the book. Maybe it's yeah. just because there's some combo we're not seeing that they're aware of. There's I probably something horrendous that we're just not seeing. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you know. Well, he, he can get a unicorn or a face steed. That's mental. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Imagine being on a unicorn. I, those face steeds, is that the one that are like on the monster base? Yeah, yeah, they're 50, 50 by 75. And it's large, but it has nowhere to go in the army. Yeah, I don't understand it. They're cheap. I mean, they give you ages plus one. Yeah, and but you're... he has to stand on his own. Does it fly? No. No, it's, it's, it's killed by res 4, I think. If it was res 5, you could maybe see. Yeah. 120 points as well. That's for a paladin or a sainted guy, so... More points again. Yeah. I think, like, you can put, like, master wizards on them and stuff, and it's Last place your damsel who can be safe in the unit knights wants to go is <laughs> playing 50 points Kill to run me. around on this Voltron like, magnet. You think this yeah. is an example of them just trying to differentiate mounts and this is just where the design took them? Like, well, I don't I understand like why that one. But in what it does. Well, you see, the old um, face deed for the old damsel was on a 50 by 50. Or, yeah, 50 by 50 square, so. The, the people are still going to have to rebase them if they have that model. The Fae Enchantress thing? Yeah. Yeah, but they would have had to rebase that to use it in the Slim Book as a unicorn anyway, on a 25 yeah, by 50. So, 25, yeah. um, I don't know. I, it just seems weird. I don't get, like, if there was a unit of like, Monster Cab or something, then, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with her. Yeah, why the fuck have they changed the base size of a unicorn? It was this in the Slim Book as well. 25 by 50? Yeah, it was that in the Slim Book. Yeah, it was that. It was in like old Warhammer, I think it was a 50 by 50. There it's was literally... a time where it was 50 by 50, yeah, right, but that, that was a while ago. Okay. Yeah, the Unicorn, yeah. that's definitely a good mount. Magic Resistance 2, Forest Rider for the unit. Yeah. Magical yeah. Attacks, that's definitely a, a choice. And also a um, uh, higher movement, 918, which is very good with a particular special unit knight. Lords couldn't have unicorns before, so you could have a like move nine lord now if you want him to go solo. Oh, now. can you give the lord a unicorn? Yeah, lord yeah. can have okay. a unicorn, which is like different, I think, before it was cool. damsel, wasn't it? 
You can go full fairy now, like. Yeah. <laughs> you can have your like your queen, which I don't know what that means now, and then have your unicorn riding lord. Oh, there's some, the, there's some the imagery other, there. What's the other one? Quivering eye. There you go. There's another <laughs> vagina reference. <laughs> like days. Do you feel that we're going to come on to this when we get to special? But do you feel that they maybe buckled a wee bit to pressure because there was so many people asking for some kind of monstrous calf element in the book that they've just kind of thrown this in, and maybe another unit that we're definitely going to talk about, Cough Cough Sky Heralds. They've just put them in because they were like, ah, oh, fuck it, give them something. Maybe, but I think this is just that thing. I don't know. Like someone might like have a Rain Man moment and figure out why you want them, but like. I just don't get why you use him. So whether they book it to pressure or not, it's just wasted design space and wasted time, I think. Because he's, he's not particularly cheap as a man. No. no, and he's not fighty, and he's not tough. Not faster than a horse. What is he? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Core. So I guess King Direct Team were one of those army books where Core was not particularly inspiring before. Has that changed? Question mark? I'd say slightly, yeah. Okay. First off, we don't have the impact land, so that's a crutch gun. Yeah. Um, and then the lance formation has changed, so we kind of want to make our units a little bit bigger, unless you're going min size for scoring, which I suppose isn't far off what the old book was doing. So you have this another a new unit, Ordo Sergeants. They have that whole healing minister dude, but outside of being cheap, fast core, I don't re- that kind of sticks around because they're healing themselves from chip damage. I don't really see the point of them. Are we looking at a potential bunker here if you can also target characters within the unit? Yeah, I suppose. I know you've got stand behind on a damsel, but it's always nice to have a separate unit that you don't need to push into combat with a character in it. Something like, you know, if it's like a support character that you don't want to lose. You see, in my my mind, what the damsel has Orson, so I kind of want her into the core lance so she can give them the total. Uh, she's going to be so. in range, yeah. Yeah, it's mm. only an 8-inch bubble, but otherwise if you're taking other characters that have it, then yeah, fair enough. But I mean, you're fast. You can keep up if you're not pushing them into combat. Yeah, true. You've you probably got other units as well, right? They've got Orison. Yeah, well, these guys also have it as well. So. Yeah, they have it as well. There's so say for a, if you put like your damsel in the, the Ordo Sergeants mm. and she got sniped, could... The Ordo Sergeants with the, the upgrade, could they heal her? Yeah. Yes. But could she heal herself anyway? She can't heal herself with the attribute. She doesn't have the Ordo oh, Minister thing. No. She just has yeah. uh, Orsons. Yeah. So she ah, can try right, right, right. Okay. Okay, yeah, so, so that, that could be potential then. That'll be um, yeah. Damsel Bunker. Fighting-wise, I know like they have Hatred now, which could be quite good, but I just... I don't think they would stop a power of the Knights. But they're cheap, so I don't know. I haven't, I haven't leaned into them. They might be good in huge numbers, but they fight in three ranks, I think, because of the way the the formation rules have changed. I mean, so. generally speaking, like going forward, because I'm not a KOE player, right? Mm. The names have obviously changed. They've got worse. But like na- names mm. aside, we can touch on that towards the end. How comparable are these units to what was before? Because before we had two knight units in core. Oh well, these are completely different. Like those auto sergeants are nothing compared to so like for knights. Like so, for, for instance, realms knights of the realm from the old book. We have feudal feudal knights. Feudal knights. Are they pretty comparable? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So are knights aspirants? Are they no longer represented in the book at all? 
or are they now in special and they're called something else and these Ordu sergeants are completely new? Because um, this is how I'm trying to like think about mm. the book in terms of what we had, or is this yeah. something that isn't really comparable to anything that was in the book? Uh, the Ordu sergeants are nothing comparable. Okay, so this is quite a new unit. Yeah, but you can use other, you, you know, it's Night Age, you can use whatever you want for whatever, like you can use oh, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I'm just trying to think of, like mechanically. Yeah, oh like, no, they're, they're completely different, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, looking at it, I mean, rules-wise, they seem very different. Yeah, like, they can only have a light lance or a great weapon. Um, and they have to choose one or, one or the other. Mm. Um, like, they hate, I don't, I've, I don't really see the, the pull for them. It's kind of like a, a holy version of, like, the Empire Rioter guys, if you give them, like, heavy armor, light lance, you know, those kind of the thing that nobody uses. Give them great weapons. A unit of 15 with great weapons. Mm. So strength 5 with hatred. The issue is they're only 4 of armor. Yeah, and strength 5, so they're just kind of... Yeah, the, the, the old... I think it might be maybe, I'm not going to throw this out, but the, the, uh, well, I am going to throw it out. The, the old joke for the tokens used to give, uh, was it always strike first or whatever, plus 1 to hit, or your great weapon hit agility. So oh, lightning, lightning reflexes. reflexes. Yeah. yeah, lightning reflexes, so... It was they were a little bit better when they did that. But mm, yeah, I can't see them competing on mass with the feudal knights. The feudal knights are just better, aren't they? I feel. I like mean, the, the fact that they've got honesty is quite nice because honesty is the thing that works against magical attacks, right? Yes. So, yeah. so you're going to get that against magic missiles. Again, you're pushing them into a bunker. Yeah. Yeah. So that's to me, it just sounds like bunker. Yeah. Keep them relatively cheap. Take orders, minister, and then that's where you put your damsel. Which is still quite cool. That's a nice, it is. Yeah. It is good, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about the peasants? Because obviously there's this ongoing debate about, you know, should peasants be viable in King Decatine and blah, 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 blah. Well, they're encouraged to take at least one unit uh, levies, I believe, because of the reliquary, which is pretty good with them. Uh, and then both units of peasants, the archers and the combat lads, have a six-up ward base, which I don't really agree with. I don't think they should have it. Yeah, it makes them actually alright. Well, like, you come across kind of weird situations where, like, I remember I was playing James, and I had a unit chaff in the way of my lances, so I had to charge it into one of the units I was going to charge with a lance, just to get out of the way. But they ended up in combat, they had a four-up armor save, and they had a five-up Aegis, while the knights that were fighting in the same combat had a two-up and a six-up Aegis. And it's like, why are these peasants... Why is they yeah, have a better yeah. ward save than the damn knights? Like, it just didn't feel right. I've, 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 my thing, I'd like them just from a, a kind of narrative or whatever look is they'd be no ward save, and if they're in a combat with a knightly unit, then they get a six up because maybe the lady protects them by accident, just rubs off on their face, <laughs> you know? It's all that breathing. Yeah, all that, that lady's breathing. breath gets on them. Yeah. Like, a bit of faith on them. I know people have opinions, and apparently there's some made-up fluff that backs up this rule, but it doesn't fit for me that they have a six-up base. I'd agree with that. That seems silly. This whole thing of saying the fluff backs it up, it's like, well, you just made the fluff up two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy when you're writing both. So. What do you think of the uh, the Archer unit? Yeah, they're they're viable. I, I think like I never took them before, and I was like, oh, I might take them, and then everyone else thinks they're very strong. So 
we'll see. I mean, getting accurate for free seems pretty good. Yeah, it does. I really don't like that. But they're strength three. Like, what are they going to be killing on you? Your elves? No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the mass shooting element that they're eight points a model. So, do you think that the mass shooting elf list shouldn't be punished? I mean, you've got well, plenty of other stuff going on in the book that you can you can do with elves. I don't think no one's no one's going to yeah. be like taking fucking. Yeah. Ma- I mean, you're capped. At, uh, yeah, yeah, you're capped. And then it also eats into your war machine elements, right? This yeah. unit, so that's pretty good, but. I, I don't know. I I just it's it's a long bow, so it's like thirty inches accurate. If you deploy them right, you don't need to move very much anyway, because you're just using it for like reliably taking out chaff and things, which for KOE is really good, because that's an issue. Like yeah, so they've accurate only if they didn't move as well. So. Yeah, thirty inches accurate. Mm. That's it that's is. pretty good. It is, yeah. I just feel I for. Oh, sorry, James, when you go. I was just gonna say if they just had aim five up, is it not easier than like? So like they have accurate, which is good because they're firing a big like volley of shots, like. Yeah. But like thing, but when they're four up and accurate, like hitting on fours is really good. Yeah. Was it so you ten? You'd have twenty of them. Well, you have to be ten across to get twenty shots, won't you? Or are you volley fired? Yeah, because you're still shooting. Yeah. Shooting three ranks, right? If yeah, three ranks. Yeah. Wide, yeah. So twenty four of them. I mean, 30 of them with a musician is 300 points. 15 shots a turn? No, you can shoot 10 wide. Just uh, sorry, 15, 15 hits a turn, sorry. Yeah, yeah, 15. 7.5 wounds against the chaff unit. Yeah. Well, if they're left out in the open for the shoot with no cover. Yeah, I don't I'd, know. I'd, 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 say, I'd say throw it out. They seem they might be a little bit strong, but people will at least try them then. And if they yeah. are, then bump their points up, I suppose, or yeah. get rid of that rule if it's that bad. I don't think it's flat the end of the world, but I could see. No, it I, I don't either. I think it'll just grate on certain people that this lowborn archer has has accurate. Like that seems like quite an elite rule. Like, I would rather you just you know either take longbows off them or give them a shorter range and a worse aim score or something like that, or you know something, but. Just giving them accurate for free seems a bit crazy. Yeah, I, I kind of prefer the, the they had ones where they could fire an extra ranks. I'd like to be able to fire like in an extra rank or so if you're five across because having wide archer units is a pain in the ass with KOE because you have these long yeah. lances and they're blocking line of sight everywhere unless you stick them on the hill. But you don't want to put the archers on the hill because the knight should be there. Yeah. So, no, I, I think that. I mean, that already would be better, I think. Yeah. I think it's a thing though that like they've been doing with some of the LABs where they're tacking on like special rules or like special saves and stuff to these like yeah. bad units. But in the design, right, it's a lowborn or a peasant or whatever it is. He what has is to be cheap, there? right? Yeah. Like he has to be cheap in the points. So when they're designing them, why aren't they like right? Well, he needs to be like in the like eight point range, so he can't have like accurate or he can't have <laughs> save or he can't have this. It's like the same with the vermin swarm. It's like, oh, well, they need to be like five or six points. Let's give them fight an extra rank twice. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh no, but they need to be cheap because we want people to have like a hundred mage of them in core. They need to take all the shit off them, like. So I don't know. It seems to be this thing that's like, oh, well, this unit's bad. And the answer is to tack on loads of abilities. And I don't know, like you see on the forum the whole thing to throw around these phrases eliteness and whatever, like. And I don't really know because it seems to kind of change what they mean by it the whole time. 
but like surely Bowman should like Peasant Bowman shouldn't have eliteness. What do you think of the so, defensive stakes? Is that gone through a lot of changes in playtesting? Yeah, well, it used to be a wall you put down. So I don't know why. Like, it, I've never seen this now. Like where it's just they what the stakes are stuck to the front and just run around with them. Like before, you put down a wall after at the start of a turn. I think it was. So if you had more than twenty archers at the start of a turn, you put down a wall, and the wall had like DT twos and cover, soft cover. But now it's what you just take. DT2s if you charge it in the front at any stage. That's pretty good, because you can go up and chaff things now with them. It's just the model contact. Points. It's not the, the unit. But if David Yun's like five, say, warrior knights or five Yeah, whatever, no, exactly. It's and you run be ten archers into their face, that's pretty good. Like Yeah, I'd 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 get rid of both of those rules mm. and just give them like more shots, slightly worse range score, yeah. keep them cheap. And let them shoot deep-ish. Yeah, I like when they put the wall. That was okay. Like, but I mean, this like, has always been a thing for KOE, right? With the archers, like the whole having a stake rule. Yeah. But so like having again, mobile it. stakes is weird. Yeah. Yeah, because that yeah. just wouldn't be a thing, right? They'd be dug in. Mm, and it's like twenty-five points flat, so obviously it's cheaper per model to put it on a big unit. But before it was just if you had twenty, then you got this for free. So it was like an incentive to run bigger units. And it was stuck in your deployment zone. And it was stuck in your deployment zone. Or, well, yeah, unless you moved and put it down or whatever. But, like, it was somewhere where you were. And then if you moved off it. Yeah, I'm not convinced with either of these rules. I'd take them both out. make them Keep them cheap. Even just make them 15 models as standard, like the old book. And yeah, just be like, 10. Yeah, like, yeah I'd, 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 I wouldn't be wasting that. I would probably spend more time on this one unit talking about it than we should have, like... Definitely. This should just be a fairly throwaway unit in the book for people to use their archer models. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just mental that point for point, that's probably one of the best core archer units in the game. Each one of them is a third the cost of a Sylvan Elf archer. Yeah, exactly. So. Like, yeah. And no wonder Sylvan Elves are crying. Like. Yeah. Well, how and do they, they compare to Dark Elf crossbows with their pages and pages of special rules? Well, that's, again, this, <laughs> although we, we might not agree with the rules, at least it's you know, yeah, half yeah. a page, like, <laughs> it's digestible. Yeah, you can actually fit other uh, entries on that same page with this, so it's yeah. not as bad. Okay, right. so so good so far. So far, so good. Right, special section. So, I'll, I'll be honest in this one, this is where the book kind of lost me. Like, I just feel that this is the, this is the set of course it's going to fall out of me here, but this is the section where I just felt fucking hell, just another type of night that's slightly different from the last type of night. Read between the lines. Ah, they're all pricks on horses, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, am I am I being harsh there, Bozzy? Ah, uh, well, what the book is is a man sitting on a horse at the end of the day. So, <laughs> if you don't like it, you're not going to like the different entries. And if you like men on horses, you're going to like it. It's a simple book. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a few extra bits as well in the special, so it's it's. I think there might be one or two. One, there's at least one too many options i'd say yeah yeah okay but i'd say after a bit of playtesting the weakest one's just gonna get the drop and you sure. reckon yeah i i like again they're releasing the book just leave, leave it to the mass to see what they think of it and whatever doesn't stick doesn't stick i don't see what there's no need to get wound up over certain things they should be amended in time at least okay 
So I war think the KOE, sorry, I think KOE no, no, Jeff, had a thing where they had less units, so like they've just started tacking in things because you know they they like yeah they had they everyone wants to have roughly the same, so they've just started tacking in like yeah. shades and night, and there was a point where yeah, Jeff Jeff has equipment. Fraz's argument saying uh, we were getting too many units and knights or too many options. I was like, we still have less than all these other books. He just went silent. <laughs> yeah. So they, I guess it's from being unloved and whatever. Six to that, does it or something? Fantasy, like. Yes. I haven't really gotten units since then, so. I, I totally feel sorry for them in that respect because it's a hard book to come up with something that fits and that doesn't step on the feet of something else. Like I think they've done done well with the Fae, but apart from that, like what do you add to the book that is in keeping with what the book's meant to be without being a huge departure? We'll see how this goes, but I don't I don't I don't feel like it needs more. I'm content with what it has. Like maybe because I'm used to having nothing. But (laughs) like I'm surprised Hippogriff Knights didn't make it. Ah, low hanging fruit. Like again, I think one. I think (laughs) I. I think one of the the rules with KOE is that the rider has to do most of the damage. So, yeah, flying chicken knights, it's just yeah, it's okay. really not very valorous if you're sitting on a beast and just kind of bringing it around and going, here, kill those guys when I swing my sword around and do one attack. They're pretty tasty in total war. I don't know if it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so we'll, we'll start with the good then. What are the, the good units in special that we're jumping out to people? Bozy, this is your opportunity to talk about Quest and Knights. Okay, well, I'll, I'll kind of work down. Sacred Royal Aquary, I think it's good for its points. You can reckon, well, it's gone up to 185. So we'll see, but I think it's interesting. You can, It's one of the few ways outside, yeah, one of the few ways you can actually make more of those tokens. And mm. then we go to the, the Quest Knights. This will be, like, yeah, the Quest Knights. So, oh, okay, um, there's a lot to this, Quest Knights. And I believe they've gone down this road because they started this under the false pretense that the old quest knights were bad. <laughs> Which <laughs> they were not. They can't, they can't grind, though. They can't, they can't. I fucking chose my spot and I died in this spot. Like. <laughs> they also have no movement there. Yeah, no movement either. Yeah, no. So they don't so, take their fights. So this quest knight unit is what happens when you say that the old ones were bad, so you buff, buff them. They lose the great weapon. They have a bastard sword, which is basically a sword that gives them plus one strength with no extra AP. So, oh, terrible. They're only AP one. That's that's horrible, you know? If only they Two had a rule to help that. If only they had a rule to help that, yeah. They have a, a rule called the quest, which has been since buffed since the last time I saw it. And I, after, I think I've used two units of them once and then decided I wasn't going to play them again because... I just I I believe they're so broken. There's no point in even playtesting them more. But they've, apparently they've been buffed again. Um, basically, immediately after deploying the the first unit quest knight, so you can have multiples of course. You have two units in an army, six to ten models. Uh, the owner must choose one unit entry. It used to be one unit on on the oh, on fuck the enemy that. Yeah, it's one unit entry, right? Which is the target of their quest, right? So models of this unit entry in the uh, yeah, so uh, so they're considered marked that unit entry. Questing knights gain lethal strike and must reroll fail to wound rolls for close combat attacks allocated either towards marked models or towards models models joined to units with more than half a marked. So characters in skeleton blocks if you chose chose skeleton 
points against Andrew. I'm getting lethal strike against them. They have two attacks each. With the difference in lands, they can they're getting full support attacks. What they're fighting in three, four ranks. Um, and then you've actor offensive skill five, and you've access to plus one to hit from the tokens. So you're just going into a bucket of attacks. If it's a problem unit that has armor, you just mark them. If someone has two units of Feldrax or anything like that, you just mark them and you just absolutely tear them asunder. These guys, they're strength five base as well because the Bastard Sword AP one. Now, they've only one HP, which people are going to say, oh, you know, that's a downside for a 60-point model. Mm. But you've access to Druidism and you have access to Ministers. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I don't see why you don't take them. They get charged, they'd still just chew things up. The big thing of why I liked the old ones was because they weren't reliant on the charge. They Feldrax had charged them and they'd bounce them off. Multiple things would charge into them and they'd get bounced off. But, you know, they did have targets that weren't great against one attack each and a great weapon like foot. These guys, they don't give a shit, simply. It's like they someone charges, I, I go for a long bomb charge against someone, I fail. They counter charge me. Okay, I'll use my token with plus one to hit. Good luck. I've ten models. That's twenty, twenty-one attacks hitting on threes, rerolling to wound if it's a marked unit with lethal strike. And sure, I suppose you throw the random banner on them just for the crack. Yeah, no, I, do, I just think that's you're going to be seeing units of them everywhere. So do you think I mean, these are much more powerful than before, or about the same? Because you were a fan of them before. Ah, uh, they're they're face meltingly strong, I believe. Just the one thing play t- or not playtested the lab people keep saying is oh Questa Knights aren't the old Questa Knights, they're the old Grail Knights. So The like, old Grail Knights didn't do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, right, well, Grail Knights aren't that good either. And they're like, Yeah, but a Grail Knight like had a five a five up all the time. It's like I don't care, like they just kill everyone, it doesn't matter. Well I was cause I was gonna they, say, like comparing them like if you're just comparing knights of the quest to knights of the quest across both books, these are a hundred points more expensive off the bat. They are oh, that's very not... expensive. Nine of these with full command is 575 points. Wow. For nine, for nine, I know that they're good, but for nine wounds, that is, that's pretty pricey. Okay, okay, let's say someone has something that takes their armor off. They're getting a five-up ward save from it, or you can use a token to make a four-up. It's the Orson token synergize very, very well. Like In comparison, um, special unit that I really like, have they changed their name? Yeah, the Knights Resplendent. They charge, they have devastating charge, plus one attack, and plus one advance. So they're a knight unit that is only good on the charge. If they get charged, they're, they're shit. So you have to play to charge. Again, the tokens are great on them, but only if you charge. Yeah. Meanwhile, the knights of the quest, it's just like, they, oh. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Tokens work with them any stage of the damn game. Knights resplendent, you have to charge, and you want to be fairly sure you're going to break through, or if you don't break through, whatever's left shouldn't put up much of a fight. That's the difference, I, I believe, between them. Like The Knights yeah. quest just don't care what situation you put them in. They're in most situations, like, and you're cavalry, so you should be able to set yourself up in a decent enough position to begin with. They're also fearless, so they're not going to run away anytime soon. They, they obviously are good, and I think you might be right. I think they, they are going to be the dominant special unit. I don't understand why they made it unit entry and not just unit, because surely it makes more sense as well. Like on the table, you've got these lads who are horny for a quest, and like in deployment, they're like, that Varkalax getting it. 
Yeah. Like they like, don't declare a holy war, a jihad on all bar collapse. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the the one game I used them against James, James played very well and used his chaff to the point where I could only actually get charging on turn five. And my one marked unit, which was the old rules, was his ghasts. They were slaughtered in just about two rounds. I think statistically it should have been closer to one round. And then yeah, the other unit. Yeah, and then the other unit went into skeletons, and it was a big old block, and I had no tokens to use at this stage because I again I, I threw them, I, I, I burned through them a bit too quick. I just chewed through the whole damn unit in two rounds. So like in this example, these guys are after eating through a whole tar pit, no bother, and then they're also after going against well. I suppose gas are kind of a tar pit, they're a different tar pit, but for, for different reasons. But went through them, no bother as well. They're a fairly ideal target, but okay. Yeah. Yes. Like James playing defensively with multiple tar pits. That doesn't seem like James. <laughs> no, I was just trying it out once. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if I'm a fan. I mean, yeah, they I, used to have great weapons before, right? So the ability to strike agility is massive. I liked it because you, you know, those downsides. People didn't like it because they didn't like their men dying first, but they just didn't take big enough units to start with. They just do like a thing too much. It's like the Lugers in ID for a good while there, like. You're getting lethal strike and reroll twins and all this stuff. It's like three. They, <laughs> they just have too much, like. And I mean, to be fair though, like, even compared to like the Lugers and stuff, this is better. Cut it on horse, but it's. And yeah, just mean in, in terms of design, it's not. Oh, okay, like, yeah, okay. It's not just like throw four special rules at them. Like the quest as a rule makes sense. Like Marking in your head, you can kind of yeah. Though. Apart from the entry, yeah. But yeah, okay. Sorry, Paul. Just to get your thoughts on that. On Knights of the Quest? Yeah, just your gut reaction. What's that? Kind of like what you were saying before, like, when I look at this book, I'm just like, especially this section when it's so night heavy, I'm just like, what? Like, okay, does what? Like, how is that good? Like, it's not... I don't necessarily look at that and see the synergies with everything, because there's a lot of different, like, factors to take into consideration, like synergies with characters or orisons and magic and stuff. The other thing I find kind of hard especially comparing it to the old book, is the names and trying to understand what this represents in terms of what came before to try and see, like, have they, has that unit changed much? And it's like what you were saying, uh, David, about basically these are supposed to actually represent Grail Knight. So these are actually like the more elite entry compared to like what they were like before in the old book. So I feel a little bit lost actually reading this. Like, I don't necessarily see the massive offensive output that these guys have, like from what David was talking about, like what he was finding in playtesting. So it sounds like they're they're quite versatile. Like they're obviously very good on the charge or off the charge. One of my questions I was going to have for the guys about this was obviously they've tried to add units, like what we you, what you guys were saying before about this has always been a book that's kind of lacked choice. How do these guys? You were saying David that these guys are actually quite good off the charge. How do they compare with the the next penitent? Because they were always kind of billed as the the tanky guys. Are you actually better just going Knights of the Quest because they're still tanky and do more damage? Yeah, like what's it? Knights Pentons are the same as they were the last time. I see fearless. Okay, yeah, they're unstable, so they have two HP and all. <sighs> yeah, so they've what? They have a strength five horse. So was it three strength five attacks? They have lances and great weapons, which is interesting. I just don't see how they uh, uh, generate enough combat res to not crumble to bits. 
So did, were these just like, like James, like uh, were these used much in playtesting? Like, did people seem to like these? Um, I didn't use them, but I played against them like twice, I think. And both times I just like crumbled them because like, like David said, they just don't really have enough. So you take like nine guys, you have nine, 12 attacks, 13 attacks with a champion. And your weapon skill four, strength six, which is decent, but you're going after like you do do two health points. It's hard to eat into their attacks, but anything that has like decent output is going to go in and like put a lot of wounds on them. Yeah. And then they're taking tests, and then they're just going to crumble a little bit. Whereas like the knights of the quest are close in tankiness. They don't have unstable, and they just kick out like twice the damage output if not more, against marked things. So I think, like, I don't know, I always said during the design that I don't like this idea of trying to have, like, a unit of knights that's, like, an anvil unit. Yeah. Mm. Um, Because it's just, as a mechanic, it's quite strange, right? Like, there's a unit up there, the men-at-arms, which are kind of like your knights forlorn from before, and your, they now have, like, another entry as well that are kind of um, maybe, like, holy men things. Yeah. Like, can they not in some way, I know they're slower, right? So it's, like, the thing, but you shouldn't have the need for like a move 816 anvil in your army like maybe they should just work the men at arms type units into being the anvil and leave the horses to do the fast things you know i think it was a really hard design space and i don't know why they chose to go into it and they went through a couple of iterations that like there was one where they like didn't care about getting flanked or rear charged and stuff but they had no ranks and they had like two yeah. attacks per model and they just auto broke from like combat res anyway even if they didn't care about getting flanked or rear charged it's like why why do you need an item that does this so that's when they're bigger base size as well so yeah they're on a weird like 40 by 60 base yeah i'm glad they but... changed that that's no, awkward um, as fuck yeah like, it, just, what is it like yeah like yeah you have to kind of put in mind with the the new lance formation so they're not getting rank bonus the only way you're getting and they don't have a banneret so the only way they're getting combat res is with their one standard bearer and wounds they inflict. So I hate that idea. If someone doesn't inflict that many wounds, they just kind of die. Technically speaking, that's exactly what they should do. Because if you're a mounted heavy armored knight and you get bogged down, you either yeah. dismount or you get killed. Those yeah. are your two options. So I I don't understand what this unit's thematically trying to do, or even like in terms of the gameplay of what it's trying to do. Are you better just running this like five white then? Yeah, but you'd still only have nine models, so you can never get a second rank. But if you have a character in there, you've got ten. Oh, if a character, you have ten, then, yeah. And you've got but... two wins each. And you still get lands formation. Like, I don't know. Like, it just seems a bit odd as a unit as well. Can you add characters into Fearless Unstable units? I think it's one of those entries that, if it worked, everyone would hate it. Hate playing against it. Yeah. Yeah, like, If they made the, like, Forlorns or whatever just a little bit faster, like, give them, like, a relentless banner type effect in the first turn or something so like you're saying andrew about like dismounting like knights dismounting stuff like where they kind of like go forwards and then they dismount yeah like they can be your anvil then and that'd be quite cool that could have been a fun mechanic but it's not what english knights used to do yeah men at arms that's that was their you, thing. there was a period where you would basically just ride your horse to get close and then you dismount yeah i guess you've also got knights of the court though right which have bodyguards yeah, yeah. yeah. don't like that either like so I mean, how many? So we've got hedge knights, knights of the court, knights of the quest, knights penitent, knights resplendent. So you've got five different types of knights in special. Hedge yeah. knights can go if and we were to have a vote. I think. 
Hedgeweights are dog shit. If I was to look at that special section, it's it's really just um, knights resplendent, the charge focus guys, or quest knights. I don't even. Really yeah, know. I agree. Yeah. Another issue, maybe this is is something as well. Like, I'm that's giving me a problem trying to understand what these units do. Are the names? Yeah. It was, like, either, it, was, it, was it was nicer when they were called hammer knights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the early draft and Anvil Knights. It was easy to see what you were. Yeah, I just to me like the names are just a bit Knights of the Quest, that's fine, that's kinda of cool, thematic. Knights Penitent, alright, I get it. But then Knights Resplendent, like I just think it's a bit like nah. I think it's... they're trying to come up with like a name for the old basically people are they're trying to get people to use their old Grail knight models as them. So maybe resplendent because there's a load of gold on those models is where they're going. Which is grand, yeah. Like, but across those five entries, yeah. Um, apart from the knights of the quest and the penitent knights, because they're clearly um, paired weapons and and great weapons. The other three are actually quite difficult. Like on the table, what would, how would you differentiate them? That's what I was gonna say. It's also a pro because you can't fit them all in the one list, right? You're gonna have to have choices. Yeah. So. As the LAB changes, which is a big issue with a lot of them, at least with this one, you can have either, like knights with lances painted up, and whether, say, your resplendence or your like knights of the court or whatever are better, you can just field the unit as either. You don't have to keep like yeah. the new models every two months as updates go, which yeah. might be yeah. nice. Like in in um, my old list, I had ten aspirants and twelve core. Now I'm using the ten aspirants as my core knights, and then twelve knights of the realm as my specialists. Yeah, like you don't get people jumping up and down then at least. Well, I'm looking at these and I'm just struggling to differentiate them. Knights of the Court, the thing that the, the thing that stands out there is just bodyguards. Yeah, basically, like okay, you want to take a unit with bodyguard, that's what you take. I think they're the same points as the core knights as well, which uh, no, they're they're a little bit dearer. They used to be the same. But like as a, as a general rule of thumb, bodyguard and cavalry is bad because it just means you die slower. Yeah. Bodyguard and any elite unit is usually bad because you don't want stubborn. You don't want to be losing with elite units, right? Yeah. Before, when they had bodyguard in case things went wrong and then gave characters battle focus, they kind of did a bit of both like, to help yeah, them. Yeah, they buff yeah. the character. That would kind of make Safety more sense, net, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. yeah. That it's not them that's doing it. They, they help buff the characters that are in them. Yeah. Although that might get you in a Death Star territory, which they may be oh, looking on. But definitely it did, yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you could have then the banner that turned on lances and you didn't even have to fail charge. Yeah, exactly. So you, could push, yeah. you could just push this lance at people with all the characters in it. See, this is why you can't have nice things, things David. I I think the, the book is going in a nice direction. So it was. I don't like just stupid broken things, which is why I don't like the quests at the moment. But maybe people will play it and prove me wrong, but I just really feel like they're... What's the crack with hedge knights? Oh, it's stupid. They've changed a few times. They don't need to be there. Right. They're... So, like, like even just from like from a fluff background, hedge knight. For for those of you that know more about history than I do, what the fuck is a hedge knight? Is it not just a gentry knight? Is that... Like, wait a minute. No nobility. Like low nobility. Like um, like kind of poorer. Okay. So they're meant to be like you're. Basically, you're one up from one up from a man at arms. Yeah, like you'll have like a small portion of land. You might not be directly attached to like one lord, 
you might be like a small landowner kind of thing. So they're not, you know, a retinue. They're not elite fighters. They're not retained knights. I don't know so, how that translates into paired weapons and battle focus. Is this an agility six on the charge? Yeah. I, I mean, are these like the new knights aspirant? I guess so. They're Obviously, different. they're very different rules-wise, but like thematically, that's what it sounds like you're describing. Yeah. yeah. They're base fearless, which is interesting. They're light troops, so they're not going to break through anything that's ranked. But no. Six for 260 points is a really nice chaff unit. If there wasn't yeah. yeoman in the book, like yeoman are dirt cheap, so you're going to use them first. I mean, it's a, it's a different type of chaff, right? Because you're fearless, so you can't do flea shenanigans. Mm. You don't have, like, uh, faint flight or anything. But, I mean, a fearless chaff unit is sometimes, like, great for the right thing. Yeah. And so a hedge knight refers to, in Game of Thrones, hedge knights are wandering knights without masters, who are typically okay. quite poor. And they're also a different name for a freelance. Like a mercenary. Which is uh, a freelance is a knight without a lord. Got it. So, yeah, little, little willy boys. The, if if you're to cut one, them, and then I think the tanky two-wound guys are probably next up after that. I mean, two attacks with battle focus on the charge at agility six, it sounds actually pretty good. It does. Mm. I have a feeling they might be abused. I mean, it's, you, you're getting six. They don't do enough, surely. Strength 4, AP 1. Like, okay, right, so you've got a unit of, even if you've got a unit of, what's the Kringoli up to 9? So you've got 9 of them. Yeah, Yeah, but you've got to fight an extra rank, and your second rank's getting 2 attacks still, right? Because of the changes to the lance formation? Fighting in 3 ranks. Yeah, but you're getting you're getting 2 from the second rank. And the 3rd rank. They all, all ranks get You get it ranks. from the 3rd rank as well. Yeah, all ranks. Yeah. Oh, okay, wait a minute. We're getting somewhere here. So, <laughs> so it's nineteen attacks. And how many points is a unit okay. nine? Three eight, um, four ten with full command. That's all right. For nineteen attacks. Okay, so you're not, you're not using them as chaff anymore. They're at like a they're a standalone unit. They're a block blitzer. Yeah. Elf, Night, Nightmare, Agility Your offensive, offensive skill 5, because you've yeah. got pair weapons. And you can give them a plus 1 to hit on the turn to charge. They're never going to break steadfast, though, because they're light troops. So Yeah, but for like pinning stuff, you don't them. necessarily care, right? No. And you're light troops, so you're more likely to get into a flank. Yeah, well, yeah. Or at least get the charge as they turn to look at you. I like how we've gone from saying these are the first boys to go to actually thinking, okay, these boys are pretty good. I just, no, well, they were bent before as well. They used to have Devastating Charge, uh, Stubborn. Stop. So, like, once one was alive, you were just going things. They were like ultimate jaff to just pin things. Yeah, that's just. This is better. This is better. Yeah, this is better. But again, I don't see why it's needed in the book. Like, that's why but, I throw them out, is because it's just weird. Like, because, like, if you, have a, if you have a list of them and then you have those, like, Pegasus Knights or the, the Sky Heralds, it just, it's getting weird. It's getting weird in here. Mm. Like. Yeah. Especially with I fucking think... magical move options. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see where yeah, it's getting weird, man. Do you not think it's weird that they've got five different flavours of night and they cut peasant crusaders? I know that... Are they not kind of the... The men at arms, they've got the two options now. Yeah, they can be forlorn or they can be ordo wardens, who I guess are meant to be the peasant crusaders. I think but... they used to have three options as well. I think there was one that was like a sword and board. But they've slimmed again, maybe. But yeah, I know peasant crusaders weren't particularly popular, but I just I think that's maybe a bit of a strange move. They mm. were dog shit. Well, what's the point in taking special peasants when you can just take 
peasants and core that are cheaper and you get more ranks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the way around that is you don't give the peasants a uh, Aegis save. And you give the Crusaders one. And you give the Crusaders it, yeah. Yeah. And they're holy. But... Well, they've robbed a load of... No, they're not holy. They've robbed knights' bits, so that's rubbed off onto them. They're not really blessed. <sighs> Rubbing knights' bits? Where are you going yeah. with it? Yeah, bits of scrap metal from knights that are dead, you know? <laughs> like fucking scraplings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Rubbing a dead knight scrap metal. Yeah, taking his horn for something. Talking yeah. about talking about knights, right, and like the background and shit. Did you guys? This is a bit of a segue. Did you guys ever read that thing that they released initially when they were talking about doing the book, and it was kind of like what they were aiming for for each of the knights, and it was like a little fluff piece, and it was like, oh, these are like your your knights that are, are are going out there and they're trying to like find the grail and like you know they'll do anything to get it and then the next one was like oh these guys found the grail and they're back and they're all like the oh, big yeah, boys and it was like so wait a minute you've got a bunch of guys fucking killing themselves trying to find something that some other twat's already found and they're not going to fucking tell them where it was yeah, you ever yeah. heard of fight club <laughs> yeah but if you've an army like and it if drinking from the grail makes you like steroids and all i like, don't think we should put logic to this then would you not want your whole army to be on those like roids from the chalice and but, like... but then you're not special why would you want if you're special why would you want someone else to be special can we just sound like a bunch of cunts to me like I'll, that's all i'm gonna but say they are they are yeah they're, they're, no, they're, they're not they're really as long nice as they're all on the same page then that's they right. treat their yeah. peasants really well and the lady <laughs> lets them all equally they're a socialist utopia that's shite you've literally <laughs> got a unit called feudal knights if you don't no. know what feudal means, like... Yeah. That's a typo. It was supposed to be socialist. <laughs> <laughs> Marxist knights. Call me knights. <laughs> Do they just have parties with the, the hippie beastmen as well? Is that the story? <laughs> yeah. That's what the fear units are. Yeah. Socialist revolution. We forgot to mention, I think, at the start that there's a token system now, like the ID thing. So yeah, so... Oh, yeah. tokens. This is a thing that they're rolling out across the army. <laughs> I genuinely uh, thought you were talking about Orisons. I was like, yeah, you had like a thirty-minute conversation about Orisons. Didn't we? Yeah. Oh. It's a few magic phase, did you not hear? Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, everything. So the old uh, Inferno Dwarves Flames of War token system, where set you like you get depending on what points level you're playing at, you get a certain amount of points for your Flames of War stuff. They're they're gonna apply that kind of system across the army books. So in KOE it's gallantry. So stuff like Peg Knights and the Sky Heralds, <laughs> horrible name. Um, they get a gallantry number, and I think it said for every hundred what one thousand five hundred points you get two gallantry points. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, you get six in a forty five hundred point list. Yeah. Think, yeah. So uh, that scales up and down, obviously. So. But that's something that people should kind of get used to because that seems to be the way that they're going for all the books. I don't know if it's maybe easier for them to scale and to tweak rather than the percentages. Oh, I'd say it's way yeah. easier for them to. I, yeah. Yeah, I think the theory is not having to worry about like dropping the price of something and allowing like too many flying units in. Yeah. Or whatever. Or same, like you had problems with war machines before where you had to like up one by five just so that you couldn't have three of a thing or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that is that's something that's coming to stay, and people should get used to that because they are going to roll that out across the army books. 
Um, right, before we talk about pegs, very quickly, trebuchet has changed. We were talking a little bit before that, before we started. Um, you no longer get the big shot, and it's now a catapult three times eight range, 18 to 72, one shot, strength four, AP one. So our consensus was that that is your anti-block weapon, particularly big blocks of things like skeletons, uh, vermin swarm, empire. You know those your big block buses. That was your consensus. My consensus is anti-block is just quest knights. <laughs> <laughs> One size fits all. Um, but yeah, I think that's a nice change. It makes more thematic sense, and I guess it plays into the army as well because it lets them deal with those blocks a bit better, or at least softens them up more for the the knights to go in and rip them up. But yeah, let's talk about peg knights. So. Before I hand over to you guys to talk about it, basically peg knights have been split into two categories. There's your your proper peg knights who are basically your hard hitters. Um, they're up to three health points each, um, basically fours across the board. The knights have two attacks, the pegs have two attacks. Yeah, standard light, you know, flying, uh, sorry, large cavalry, fly eight, 16 light troops. Basically the, the peg knights that everyone knows, plus one health point. And then you get the sky heralds who are weird. So they're fly 10, 14, so they're slower at marching than peg knights, but they're faster at charging, despite the fact that they are skirmishers and they have vanguard. They have two health points, the res three, and they are on smaller horses. So the pegs are 50 by 50 and the sky heralds are 40 by 40. But their little shitty heraldic steeds get impact hits. They get one strength four impact hit. So what is this? Just flying chaff? War machine hunters and stuff. Bunker hunters, I guess. Yeah, chaff, war machine hunters, bunker hunters. Fucking, they do a lot. Yeah, paired weapons for free. Like if you can get three of them in, you're getting nine strength four attacks. It's not awful. And three impact hits, you're gonna mess up a war machine. The first time I read it, I read over them, and then Fraz gave out about them, and I looked at them, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, they're, they actually seem pretty good now. They used to be discipline seven, I think. They brought that up to eight. 210 yeah. points for three is pretty nice. So. Super cheap. It's like, why yeah. would you, like, it's only, it is a bit more expensive than, um, than the Omen, but you're getting a lot more for it. So, yeah, that. Maybe a choice. Pegasus Knights got more than like. There's a few stealthy little things in there, so they got the extra HP. The Rider has two attacks base. He used to have yeah. one attack plus one uh, devastating charge, and his agility also got increased by one. I actually quite like them. I I did well with the the old ones, and I look forward to using these ones. But... I think the Peg Knights are are really good there. Or they're not like you know they're not going to light the world on fire, but I just think they're solid. They're kind of more of a monstrous cav type setup now, right? Yeah. It's kind of cool. Which is, it's kind of answering one of those questions that KOE players always wanted as well. So, yeah. That's nice. They're a bit beefier. Before they were kind of weird. It's like, oh, it's Pegasus. And then they were kind of soft when you got yeah. off them. Like. I can see, like, with spamming Sky Heralds and the, the, the Hedge Knights. Yeah, super mobility. It's you? just turning into an absolutely just horrible army to play against. Uh, an armoured cloud like yeah so let's see how that goes out 
I mean, it's uh, the gallantry system that we were talking about. It's seven for a 4,500 point list. Seven. Oh. Yeah, seven is the base. So the, the, the flying mounts are all two. Yep. Peg knights are two, and the sky heralds are one. Yeah, so like I, I had a list where the hippogriff, two units of peg knights, and I was saying about squeezing in a unit of sky heralds. Yeah, and that's your seven. But then if you're taking hedge knights on top of that, so yeah, really mobile, really quick. Yeah, fast, mobile, fairly resilient. Like I guess, um, like some of the synergies might become more difficult that way for trying to play wide. Just like yeah. for things like Orisons and Magic becomes harder. But even like, well, if you have the sainted guy on a flying mount, he can throw that out. So. Yeah, and you can yeah. take the core scoring guys that give out arsons as well. Yeah, I think you it. need to do that, right? Like your all your really scoring score. needs to come out of core. Yeah. Yeah, but you can just keep spamming those cheap great weapon you guys. Yeah. Um that throw out the buffs and just yeah. score. That'd be, yeah. Shit. Yeah, um, that's not that that's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you'd like you'd probably at that rate, like I had the, the one hippogriff, two pegs and the one sky herald, you'd probably go the Hippogriff, one unit Peg Knights, and three units Sky Heralds. That's an option. Why do they need Sky Heralds? They don't. I don't, I don't, I don't I, that fits Wood Elves in my mind. I don't see why it's in this book. So I like the Peg like Knights becoming like heavier. Like they're, yeah. they're like kind of shock cavalry now. I don't like Sky Heralds. I don't understand what I was trying to do in the book. Except annoy the opponent. Yeah, exactly. It, it just seems abusable. It's two probably so hard to keep points. them in check. Yeah. Like pick up war machines, no bother. Like, but while the whole army is like move eight or nine against you, these guys are flying around your flanks. You don't have time to turn and look at them because there's a lot of knights crashing down your neck. Yeah. So it's gonna be so difficult to keep all this in check if you don't just corner. Two hundred and ten points. Still can't. That's crazy. Yeah. But that, that can go up. But again, just getting in. Well, you're limited to ten of those models. And limited to 12 peg knights, so I think they kind of know that the sky heralds can be abused if they're saying you can have 12 pegs and only 10 of the cheapest yeah. sky heralds, so that's kind of... I mean, half, half the points, a peg knight is 80 and a sky herald's 40. You're never going to give them light lances because it's one point per model, and that screws yeah. up all your numbers. You're at 100, uh, 213 points if you give them. Unless you take yeah. two units of five. Yeah. Paired weapons seem nice, though. Just more attacks. Uh, yeah, offensive four going to five is pretty nice. And strength four, anyways, it's not like yeah. And they're just going to be hunting like light stuff and war machines and bunkers, so that'll be enough to. Yeah. So uh, flying circus is very much a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but flying fucking clowns is kind of like what's that about? Third war dance or whatever, eagle riders or whatever with the armor on them. Yeah. I was going to ask: Was there any point in playtesting where these guys had bows? Because no. yeah. <laughs> you Hand can kind of see them giving them bows, handguns that they borrowed. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Put put guard in their name, and then they're allowed to have pistols. Sky guard. <laughs> Sky Herald is fucking straight out of fucking Age of Sigmar. That's horrendous name. Yeah. That's a bad name. All right, so there's a bit touch and go now that I looked into it because I kind of just on the on the specials because I kind of just focused on the ones that I actually kind of. Light, but you know, there's a few there that are a bit iffy. But Asher, mm. look, it'll, the the creases will come out in time, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I just, but like we talked about this in the last podcast with Martin, that like it just seems weird that like I I think as an overall product, this is a much more finished book 
yeah than some of the other books that we've seen and i think it ticks a lot of the ball i think it's a good book i think it's a good lb especially upon first release but it just seems weird that there's there's a couple of strange decisions that you'd think they would have addressed by now but like why do you need five different types of night and special why is there such a open potential for flying circus abuse in the book mm. like was there nobody saying this in the months before clearly not it's hard to like playtest and obviously do the rest to kind of like point out things but like there's a point where like if you say too much and like paul used to be the hands he would have seen a lot of this in other books like where once you like bring up three or four things then they're like oh you just hate everything like and they stop listening or they're like oh no well like let it go to public and they kind of stop giving playtesting as much say so you kind of have to be really like careful with what like you bring up and strategic with it and like pick your battles and then as well there is always every single book there's stuff that changes after playtesting which i don't get the point in that yeah the last book we got was like two months ago or maybe six weeks ago and there's a bunch of things that have changed which is fine like but surely you'd give even a two-week thing of like hey what do you think of this have a read over it yeah but they just dropped things so it was the same the vermin swarm like all the hulks went from four to five after playtesting resilience so and that, that's a big change yeah yeah that's massive but they like, did it with the dread like, elves as well with the with the repair crossbows they spent a long time trying to get that unit right and then they just changed it before it dropped and it was like why did you do that you got it to a good position and then you've just reverted back to giving them like three shot space or something whatever it was when it yeah. first dropped so there is a bit but I think people do raise concerns and then there's a lot as well of like, oh, let it go to public. So then maybe the other argument is that they shouldn't play test for as long and just get these books out if they're waiting for the public to see anyway. Like we could have the lab cycle a lot quicker if they're not going to. There's certainly a big difference with how certain ALAB teams respond to playtesting feedback. From the two books that I worked on, the Dread Elf process and the Vermin Swarm process were, were very different. So it's, it, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a good... Uh, and, I, and I don't know if this is the case, obviously, because I'm not on the team anymore, but there were certainly instances when I was around where it felt like, oh, this is a really good process, and then other times where it was like, this isn't a good relationship between the two teams. So how they treat you know, playtest and feedback is very much up to the team, whether they choose to take on board or whatever it is like in terms of feedback that that's given to them so yeah i know where james is coming from if that was a concern in terms of trying to be diplomatic in terms of how stuff is given to the team you can't afford to have egos and shit like this though because it affects the product oh it does for sure like it's it's to the project's detriment yeah. but then, again we've talked about this before like oversight yeah like, who's like exactly. me- somebody should be stepping in there and saying, look, mm. you need to walk away from this because you're too close to it. Yeah. yeah, you've got like all the ACSs and everything involved in these discussions as well or have access yeah, to these Yeah, so forms. they should never so, be. So, like, they come in like, and obviously they're kind of, you know, mainly focused on one list, one army. So they're going to like defend that army to the nail and like they think it needs buffs or they think it needs whatever. Like, So it gets really messy then, but like, who you're talking to who's actually going to change things and who you're talking to who just thinks like Vermin Swarm or KOE or Dread Elves or whatever need a load of buffs like yeah so it is it is kind of hard so when people are saying like how did someone not spot this there is a, a certain element of back and forth and then things change and change and change and like 
things can be captioned and they end up uncapped in the last version and they just let it out to public so it's kind of i mean the other thing as well to say is like it's it's clear that the 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 design team that work on these books they do their own plastic they do their own playtesting as well there's obviously yeah. the official playtesting team that give a lot of feedback but this the team that's designing this will be playing their own games and they'll be coming to their own conclusions which can obviously lead to a, a you know a difference of opinion in terms of how they interpret what playtesting gives them in terms of feedback that that just seems weird to me though that obviously that's fine for them to go and play test themselves but then surely put your data into the pot and like see what you know how that compares to everything else yeah like a, a question for for you james like in the past when the book's been given to playtesting by the the design team often they've said in the past like oh we want you to run this style of list did they ever say we want you to like stress test uh a flying circus style list to see how good it is was that ever like emphasized from what i saw this time it was pretty loose like there wasn't there was some like target questions but they didn't okay. change as much it wasn't, it wasn't very prescriptive focused. right yeah or there was no like there was a couple of areas of concern like raised and stuff like that but like i was getting replies like where i was like why did you let the question like to charge your gasps and it's like, <laughs> well, like five and i've run out of chaff and what am i going to do or oh, those skeletons shouldn't have fought the question night. It's like, yeah, no shit. I didn't even want to. <laughs> but like, Why did you let you're that movement a bajillion unit get in range, James? Yeah, exactly. And you're like, well, it was turn five. I did my best. Sorry that the game didn't finish fucking two turns early. Like, yeah, they're kind of, like, you're getting things like this and like, well, if you didn't let them charge you, you wouldn't be dead. I was like, yeah, but, you know, we played the game out. We both did quite well. I cornered, I tried to do my thing and he popped me in two rounds. So, you know, maybe they're a little bit good. Like, no, 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 you shouldn't, they they shouldn't be let charge gassed. Like, oh, it's a vampire player that much. Like, so you get these kind of responses and it gets a bit messy sometimes, but. Yeah, they, they, they do take on concerns and discussions, but then, you, yeah, you get that then, and it's like, okay, right, I'm just going to go bang my head against the wall for half an hour. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I fucking you love that. Why did you let them charge your guests? And then the skeleton, I don't think skeletons should be fighting these knights. And it's like, yeah, I don't think skeletons charged them, so don't worry about it. There's not much that should be fighting those knights anyway, like. No, well, yeah, definitely yeah. not. Even if they had the choice or not, they weren't going to go for it. Like, but yeah, imagine if um, it's the gas fault. So yeah, gas. You charge those gas across the board at those question nights. You know. And else in special, we should no, come I before we move on to Faye. I think specials. Yeah. yeah. So let's yeah. let's chat about Faye. So obviously, this is the the big new addition to the book, um, and we've got what's that? Four entries in here. We've got the Naids. Who are like your kind of water spirity stuff? We've got uh, Friar's Lantern, which are your flying chaff annoyance stuff. Yeah, which are actually. <laughs> I, I, the first time I read them, I didn't. I thought that's just fucking stupid. I'm not interested in them. And then I read them again, and I actually think they're stealth filth. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. They're quite they're weird f- to get your head around. But they're they're fly, but they don't count towards gallantry? Yes. So you, you can have some of these fuckers in your <laughs> and actually they, they would work really well in a flying circus because they, they've got a special thing which we'll talk about in a second oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got the ladies courtier um, which is basically beast from Beauty and the Beast 
I don't really understand. Um, and then there's the Fey Knight, which is the Green Knight. Um, well, how did how did your mind go to Beast from Beauty is the Beast? Because that seems like Kingdom Ectine. <laughs> you, just, you just chalked that up to be like, that's some sort of bullshit they were going for. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, okay. what else? Like, I don't understand why why they've got a monster. They're just working their way through Disney Plus, are they? Yeah. I like that. Like, what is, what is that meant to be? Oh, I thought it's, it was a dude riding a horse. For some reason, oh, I thought it was a damsel on a horse. No, it's a full-on monster. Okay. It's lazy yeah. glory kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think it used to be on a 50 by 75 base. Yeah, it did, yeah. Oh, God, someone's going to model that now, right? They're going to get a fucking beast action figure and just slap mm-hmm. it on a base and be like, there's my lady's court here. I think oh. there's a Christmas decoration one from Disneyland Paris inside. I'm going to have a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're packing the tree away. <laughs> I mean, it's like a Barkalak esque I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. tanky, right? Five wins rise five for the five up, five up. And you well, you got a four up against Mummy right, yeah, really, tax, yeah. right? And you've got the two different versions. Okay, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, no, this it's is pricey. Yeah. It's very pricey. It's got had a complete overhaul. It was toughness four before. Yeah, and, and it, was, it used to do that weird plus one age of save to everyone touching it, including the enemy. Yeah, which made no sense because why you're increasing your ages by a sixth, but you're also increasing theirs by a sixth. You're relying on doing wounds so you're giving the enemy a six up ages so you're giving them the opportunity to dice you so i didn't but that's gone out of the book it doesn't make a difference there but i don't i don't on that lady's court here i don't 400 odd points i i think there's better points spent on like cowboys and stuff i mean the the court so there's two different versions the court here of the dawn which is the fighty one mm. actually looks quite cool but it's gallantry too so I don't know if the fact that it eats into your gallantry allowance is more of a detriment because you'd rather have the other stuff. I mean, seven attacks is is you know super cool. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, he has fear, so he has fear, so you can give him terror with the terror. Tokens. Yeah, I mean he's super mobile as well. So he and if he is in combat with harnessed, he gives them plus one hit, right? Yeah. So that synergizes a little bit with the yeah. Other stuff. Yeah. So if he like and clips onto the lance, like that's pretty. Well, well, that's only three horses, though. But like, you'd really pegs, want it on pegs and um, and the hippogriff. Oh, it's model parts. Sorry, I thought it was models yeah. with harness. Right. Oh, okay. the, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be very good. And then you've but, got the fair knight as the last entry, which is your oh, green think, knight, basically. Yeah, you just yeah. this lady's court here can take witchcraft as well. So yeah, just in case you didn't take it earlier, you can yeah. take an adept on either druid or witchcraft. If you forgot, as you were yeah, going yeah. down, they remind you before you finish the book. To... <laughs> 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 the uh Fey Knight, the one main thing, it's obviously it's a green knight, but instead of weird things where you jump up beside a damsel, it now ambushes from terrain features, which is really cool. Mm. So that's something different. This has changed quite a lot. Like the last yeah. time I saw that was it sneak peeked where it was like you had to choose whether you were a summer, autumn or winter night or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there was three yeah. and now there's two. Which is grand, because I think when there was three, there was kind of just two options. Too many options, yeah. But there was two options, really. Yeah. It's just the loser. I mean, my first question is, why spring and summer? Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't really matter, but I'm I'm curious if they originally had, like, more, if they had autumn and winter, like, why have they... I think... Why have they they doubled autumn and third? Yeah, I think they had autumn and third. Autumn and third. I guess these are when your nature shits up to its most... 
You're the zoologist, Paul. You tell us. I should, yeah, I should know why the uh, fae night in the cave we pick is. <laughs> There's a spring or a summer option. When are uh, when sure are all covered in the most year. active? <laughs> the otter night. His <laughs> <laughs> little <laughs> dexterous hands ready for fiddling. That's what those naiads are. They're like little pack of otters going That's on. true. They're also really <laughs> Okay, so yeah. there's quite a lot here. Um, yeah. What were the things that jumped out to people? Just the, well, the biggest thing was to me was just the fact that this, in a large part, seems to give additional magic options in the book. Yeah, yeah. So you can, if you don't want to take a damsel, this category is really giving you the option to like add to your magic phase, which is quite cool. Don't like some of the names. I'll tell you that right now. Friars Lantern, that's a shit name. What yeah, is that? That used to be Swarm of Lights. I don't know if that was any I better. Mean, that's, but, I mean, yeah. that's less good, but at least that sounds more bestial, right? That kind of gives you an indication of like, what it might be. But Fire is yeah. that's pish. The, the Green Knight or the Fey Knight seems to have changed a lot. Why not just keep Green Knight? I don't know. Like, Green Knight to me sounds like, oh, that could be Fey, because it's in keeping with, like, well, he's, he's, weird, he, like, yeah. he's in the Fey section and he's a knight, so he's the Fey Knight. See with the, the kind of the stuff that came with warriors, where it's like, oh, they need to call them something completely different because the IP and everything. You're literally in the one book where You're Games Workshop you. full scale ripped off medieval history and Arthurian shit. Yeah. So they don't have any leg to stand on here. So like, there is a Green Knight, the Legend of the Green Knight. Yeah. Like, I, Chaucer I isn't so. gonna fucking sue you. They you don't fight. want to be. Uh, they, they, this isn't Arthurian apparently. Someone asked about like Excalibur and stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh, it's not based off Arthurian legend; it's based off something else." But I don't know. But per- Persians, probably <laughs> it's either Romans or <laughs> Romans or Assyrians. Usually, so it's definitely still based off fucking French and Arthurian legends. That's just yeah, a blatant bullshit. But, yeah, they, I saw somewhere they're like, "It's not that, Arthurian." Like, mm, that's okay. where you're wrong. So you've got walks like a duck. Heavy grail <laughs> themes, that's the same. Or a flam, that's fucking French. Like, what are they talking about? <laughs> oh dear. That's a famous French it. banner. Like, what are they talking what's about? More annoying, what's more annoying about the French elements or the English elements? Like, what? I mean, I, I've got no English for the French, personally. I know you've got some beef if you want to, like, talk about it. I don't really know what it is that I don't like about them, but. You just don't trust <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> yeah, <I> just. <laughs> You no, know, everyone says they always surrender to things. They're just like, oh, fuck them. So. <laughs> that's an inter- I, it's funny, that's an interesting stereotype because a lot of Americans seem to have that and then they seem to fucking forget that they were instrumental in fucking saving them from the Brits. It's like, well, when you know, fucking get your history right, yeah. man. I like the uh, Niads or whatever they're called. They used to have a rule that they basically broke something. <laughs> Wait, bring it back to the topic. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, I'm reading the entry here. Uh, they used to break. Oh, this, is, this is Bloody's problem. He's reading. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they break steadfast. Well, they're two HP now. So yeah. ten wounds on a wizard con. Well, eleven because you're after. The, yeah, the wizard con gave dudes gonna get extra wounds. That's quite nice. And there's some fairly tasty spells. You can do that funny thing I was trying to do with the rates, where you blow up your wizard and then heal him again. Yeah. <laughs> because you've rid of him. So you Three. just keep like five dice and whatever you want. I've never played a conclave really though. Three hundred points for that? Mm. Nah, I don't think that's worth it. Yeah, it's a lot. They're res two. 
Like, I'd rather if they were res mm. three even and had one hit point each, right? Because everything's just one and twos. That's kind of scary there at the moment. I think Wizard Conclave stuff will become more appealing with new points. Yeah, maybe, but this is still a bit but above, this, I think. But they don't even have a hard target. That rule where they used to make things they were touching counters in water was class. Like, I'm sad they got rid of that. It was stealth felt because you just like tagged things and took away their steadfast. So if they were in base contact, they basically counted as being in the water. Right? They counted as being in water, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's like, really strong. You, you used to have yeah. them in a, you'd put them in a stick. you just tag them, try and tag them. That would really fuck ID, right? Because that would take away their flaming attacks. Yeah, bring them back. Bring them back. <laughs> No, they they have that now. They have the flame. It still turns off flaming attacks, but yeah. it just doesn't do the full pond effect. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, um, we want the full pond effect. Bring that back. Yeah. It's like there's a couple of little otters jumping up the dinner, <laughs> and contemplating all the knights going at you. Never in your bits. Yeah. The wizard conclave and the water spirits rule are cool. The stat line is a bit meh. Like the grind attacks too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's new as well, give, I think. Give them grind attacks fucking zero. Or Wizard Conclave, I don't want to be paying for that. Maybe <laughs> three, though. That's kind of interesting. They're defensive fucking... Don't just know. Yeah, they're not going to be... like. I, that's why I don't really understand the, the first part of the Water Spirit thing as well, because you can deploy them yeah. either fully within water or within your deployment zone. Why would you ever that's put these say. outside your deployment zone? Because they can't fight in it. No. But they've, they've good spells. Heating Water, Savage Fury... Set of glamour from witchcraft is growing. They're a nice mix, like. They're all pretty defensive spells, though. Like, if they had some pew pew, then you'd be like, oh, I'll fire them up in that lake at this flank of the the opponent and be little shits, but. Good buffs, though. Sam Fury's really yeah, good. Yeah, no, they are good. Yeah. really good. Yeah, the defensive buff that's a pro play there deploying them in the war terrain on the other side of the table and then not being in range to cast any of these fucking yeah, spells. Yeah. <laughs> Might make myself frenzy. Like there's, <laughs> what, what I'm kind of surprised about is uh, is there's no way you like terrain into water terrain or like a relic of some sort or something. Yeah, yeah I think they're not they do something like that. <laughs> it's an interesting visual. See that forest over there? That's water now. <laughs> just what? bring one of those like water. Minecraft water buckets with you. You can <laughs> make a pond wherever you want. But the the freaking UD can just Tomb make King's a desert wherever you want. Oh, they'll just bring a damn flowers with them. <laughs> so you bring buckets of water. <laughs> yeah. No, they just uh, just I don't know. There's probably some Arthurian legend where they have like some silver fucking decanter and it's just bottomless, you know. Yeah, you're playing in Scotland, it's just pushing it down. (laughs) Andres, the local historian, get on that. I want a full review of the ancient text to see if we could find that relic. Yeah, I'll fire that in my ref submission for this year. (laughs) You can borrow Brady's metal detector. (laughs) Now, Friar's Lantern, I think it's more the way they've named it. It's like, oh, it's like the locals' uh, nickname for whatever this is. I don't actually mind that name. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think yeah. it, it fits the kind of fey theme, I think. Because yeah. they don't know yeah. what the hell it is. It's a nickname. They think it's like guiding them or something or like some kind of... I prefer that to like Swarm of Lights or Ladies' Lights or something like that. <laughs> Which was definitely... Ladies' Lights would be great yeah. to go with your queen. <laughs> Friar's Lantern. It's fucking Pedal Torch more like. <laughs> 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 so, they can, beacon. they can fly 16... 
a res one, they have five HP, a five up ages, and hard target two. So they're tough enough to take off outside of magic. They can perform a sweeping attack. Enemy units suffer one hit at strength one, AP zero. Enemy units suffer one or more hits with grind attacks or sweeping attacks because they have grind attacks one on their profile. Uh, so the following effects are so the minus two advance rate to minimum three, minus two mar minus two march rate to minimum three, and minus two pursuit distance. Absolutely so fucking good, especially since yeah, they're agility 10. Yeah, and, and, if and if you're going with witchcraft in your army, so if you go for a charge and fail and go, all right, fuck you, there's some lights, not minus two for you. Maybe minus three because of witchcraft. <laughs> it's this image of some like, fat friar hiding in the woods, shining his torch in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> can you see? <laughs> you're going there really fast, aren't you? Is that you, child? <laughs> So, yeah, it's 150 points as well, it's, and it's <laughs> fucking, oh, and it always has to uh, flee as a charge reaction. So you just reap something, then stand, make it slow, stand in front of it, flee away, and then it's pure slow trying to catch you. It never becomes shaken after passing a rally test, yeah. and then the reform after rallying does not prevent the model from moving. <laughs> so it's like, got ultimate feigned flight, and things, you just like... You've this like little light that they have to chase around all day, and they're getting slower and slower <laughs> as they're trying to do it. So it's not a torch yeah. he's got; it's a fucking laser pen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cat chasing a laser, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that seems pretty strong. And you get a because it's scout. Like turn one, you can just go up and like reap the yeah. wood. Like I didn't I even see that it has scout. Yeah, Jeez. because they're so quick as well that you could have like one or two units. Yeah. behind your opponent turn one and two and they're just like reaping stuff to make them slow and because you've got such such a big threat range you either just push your opponent back or you just start taking those charges because you know that they're going to be minus two minus three minus four even, they can't reverse as quick as you yeah because they're minus two so like they're reversing back like slower so you're just like squeezing and squeezing it's pretty good like i think it's really good probably take two of these 300 points yeah. Uh, it depends. I was kind of thinking there, like you can't. I was going to go. Oh, I take two of them to the yeoman, but you can't park them in front of something and go while you're chaffed, because because you, you have, have to you have to flee, and then they may be able to redirect it to something. You might be able to charge them in and pin the thing though. If you're yeah. if you're taking this in addition to witchcraft though, if that's yeah. going to work, you can really set off things. Yeah. That even if you have to flee, it's like well, you can't charge your knights because you're fucking miles away. Yeah, you might Minus just take the one unit. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, yeah, I take at least one. Yeah, one two, unit and then one yeoman. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think they're really good. Like so them. we're we're not sold on the on the water spirits, but the uh, the, the friars lantern is looking a lot more promising. Yeah, yeah, I like what they tried to do with both stuff. So like, this section is quite interesting. Do you think this? I don't necessarily have a problem with this in the book because I think the Fae theme does fit KOE quite nicely. But yeah, I think it's fine. Does this in any way step on the toes of a Sylvan Elf book that I, also kind of has strong connections with magical woodland spirits? Well, I don't see why they wouldn't have similar oh. units down the line. Like Empire and fucking KOE step on each other's toes. I just annoyed about the heraldic or whatever sky heralds. They're stepping on toes that shouldn't be stepped on. Right. Okay. You know why are they in an armored fucking knight list? Mm. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, I think it opens up for like and Sylvan Elves' perspective of like the fate things is probably going to be different because like these guys are calling it like a Friar's Lantern and stuff like that. So. 
yeah, I can really understand why there's just things like pricking about helping them and they don't really know what's going on. Whereas I think like Sylvan Elves would have more of a symbiotic relationship with them. Yeah, maybe. they'd have yeah more synergy. Maybe they're they're similar entries, but they're a little bit stronger because they know the story. Mm. Or mm. they just they're more like aggressive spirits and stuff there. Yeah. The forest. I think they sculpted them both to have spirits that are different. Yeah, I'd agree. I just wondered if anyone thought that might be a, a problem, but yeah, I don't think it will be. Cool. So does anyone have anything else you want to bring up for this? That was actually a pretty extensive uh, going through the book there. Uh, I've just seen the, the time there. We are <laughs> almost in three and a half hours. So that's probably about the right mark to get everyone's final thoughts um, about the book and where we think it is in terms of power level and and how it fits in with the other army books out there. So, James, we'll start with you. Where do you see this book in terms of power level? And obviously, things are going to change in the months ahead for this book. But is this, you know, is that a good LAB? Yeah, I think it's quite good. They've done like this last section. I think redeems it a lot in my eyes. Anyway, has been a bit more interesting than before. Yeah. Um, it gets away from that Fifty Shades of Nights thing that you're on about. It's not too crazy. Most of the special rules seem to be based off the main book rules, which is nice. Like like the units have special rules, but they're all things that you know from other other armies or from the main book. So like yeah. they're not making up things that you're like gonna catch your opponent out with and be like, Oh I didn't know that's a thing. All the LABs are strong, so it's gonna be good. Definitely top half. I don't think it's as good as Warriors or Demons, but probably not as good as ID either because they're fucking nuts. It's up there, though, I think, with Dread Elves. So wherever they land in, yeah, top top five or six books, I'd say. Okay. Because um, it's pretty fast, and you're able to impose your will on people. And, and diddle them with pedalites. Diddle them in the ways you wish, yeah. Yeah, pedalites <laughs> and or swarms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David, what do you think? Oh, I think they're up there, up there, like. Oh, yeah, do you reckon? Oh, yeah, would the... I didn't really look at the witchcraft there, but witchcraft, those lights, the density of attacks, like, it's, all these attacks are coming from a 75 mil frontage, and then you're going to have druidism. I think it's it's filthy. I didn't make a list with the flying circus with those uh, sky heralds, but them, and just, I think a really good player could do very, very, very well with this book the way it is at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 about it. I think you can just dance around people. If it's a bad matchup, you can get the fuck out of dodge, no bother. If it's a good matchup, you can push for the twenty, close to twenty. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I guess just very quickly to add on to that is that there will be stuff in that book that we haven't clocked yet as well. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. There'll, be, there'll definitely be combinations and stuff there that oh, are, oh, that are nasty. Def- definitely a good few Lord builds that you know going through characters and stuff. Like yeah. That. I like where the where the book's going, but people are going to play it a lot because it's it seems strong. So the more people playing it means the more testing we'll get, and hopefully it'll get into good good position soon yeah. enough. It'll be interesting to see how they they manage it as a team as well in terms of like whether they cut stuff from special or redesign stuff and things like that. Paul, what do you think? Uh, just generally, I think I'm reassured by the. Like the entries not being too rules heavy, like I think on the one hand, like the re- it's a relatively easy book to read, but I think it'll take a little while for you to really appreciate like how they operate on the table because combination of certain synergies and like 
tweaks to certain rules in the book. But I think generally speaking, it's not too bad in terms of complexity. So that's good. That should hopefully make it easier to work on as we go forward with it. Like, I think internal balance is going to be interesting because I think this is one of the books where having fewer entries has historically helped or made that easier. But with the addition of like more variety, I think that's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. Like, I like the fake category. I think that has a lot of flavor to the book, which otherwise was quite dry, I thought. But I would agree, uh, like in terms of things that I think are going to be tricky, I think if Witchcraft doesn't become almost auto-take, I'll be highly surprised. And I think the Flying Circus builds could be pretty nasty as well. But generally, I think they've done a good job. They haven't jumped the shark in ways that the other books have, which is good. So I think that will stand it in good stead. I mean, stuff like the Flying Circus is relatively easy to curtail with your gallantry. Yeah. Values. Yeah, it is. But then, if you constrain it too much, then people will probably just take peg knights because they're obviously the better unit to take, I think. And then, at which case, do people bother taking the the other ones? Yeah. And then does that affect internal balance? And then yeah. you've got it. Like, you started getting into like, the whole like Feldrax slash Chosen Knight chat, like where across editions, one is just becomes better than the other until yeah. you have to go through quite a, a long process to try and even it out but hopefully that's not the case but um i think you know for a book that should be something that koe can do so i don't think it's necessarily a problem it's just with some of the other new units it might just become very potent to the point where it's not fun because like as it's been kind of compared to like a kind of almost cloud-esque build where you're you can sit very far off your opponent and be highly maneuverable. You know, it could be very easy to make a movement error and, you know, get one of these units into your flank or whatever. So I don't know if that's going to be fun necessarily to play against, but we'll yeah. wait and see. I mean, the fact that all four of us have kind of said witchcraft. Yeah, you yeah. changed me, like, you changed it after reading the other yokes, especially with those damn lights. Like, imagine yeah. being able to give negative three to something fairly handily. Like, it's... <laughs> Dwarves playing against this. <laughs> well, it's, it's three. It's two, three minimum for advance. So, so yeah. Um, has anyone got any final thoughts or final comments? Then I'm happy that they're doing KOE and uh, hope they keep at it. Yeah. yeah, like I think it's definitely one of the books that they needed to do sooner rather than later. So that's yeah. that's definitely a positive. Agreed. Be interesting to play against, and yeah, I think I think we'll see a lot of them, will we? Because like. Getting night models is not that hard if you want, and not that expensive. Yeah, in terms of model support, there's a lot of options for the book. Like, do you think people are going to be picking this up the same way people are picking up Warriors? Because Warriors is super popular now. Um, we've we've talked about KOE in the past. Like when we spoke to Grimbold, he was saying that like KOE are super popular over in the states, and we were kind of surprised when he said that because we were kind of struggling to think of people who actually played KOE in the UK. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I Americans like have a thing for knights as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Does everyone have a thing for knights, though? Well, <laughs> Americans especially, because they don't like have castles and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's maybe part of it for sure. Yeah. Like, um, it's very quintessential, like Warhammer, right? Yeah. So I think it is quite a big draw for people. Do you think they're going to change the matter? The tools that beat them aren't the same that beat like Vermin's Home and Dreados. I don't think. No, which I which I like. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You're going to have to make choices if they all become kind of popular. 
I guess maybe the things that beat them beat Warriors too. So like that might keep them. Yeah, you might you see a resurgence of alchemy. Yeah, because Warriors are so prominent. So that might have a knock-on effect on keeping KOE down a little as well. You could actually see um, ID again float to the top Jesus. with I, ID and Pyro. Uh, sorry, uh, Alchemy and Pyro. I think I'm going to have to get top. up in the attic, am I? A big old jobby. Big old stinking jobby. Fraz will be fucking crying himself to sleep. They didn't buy that army off you, James. <laughs> yeah, I'll offer two months more before I go back on my morals and start playing it. <laughs> no, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to change now. That's a good question. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just auditioning to be the third host. Yeah. Thanks, puppy. <laughs> Trying to make it proud. But um, yeah, unless anyone's got anything else, we'll wrap it up there. So we hope you've enjoyed this uh, one of the first reviews. Uh, massive thank you to Bozy and to James for coming on and, and spilling their juicy knowledge all over the airwaves. And um, just a couple of quick shout-outs before we go away. If you want to get in contact with uh, myself or Paul or the podcast, you can do so by getting us on the forum. Uh, I'm Lost Cause, Paul Space Goblin. You can grab us on Twitter. I'm MGR Lost Cause and Paul Space Goblin 1. Or you can send us an email because apparently we do have an email account. People just don't email us. And we and definitely check it. Oh, yeah, we definitely check it. Hmm. We definitely didn't have emails that were sitting there unanswered for weeks. Nope. Uh, because I remember our email address and, and the passwords and the passwords <laughs> <laughs> and our email address is scottishmarlins at gmail.com uh, James you are James McDonald on the forum yep Bozy are you even on the forum I was um, I told them that the old quest nights were good and the whole forum raged against me so oh I'm you're happy. clueless on the forum of course you are yeah and your username's clueless as well eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, see when she accepts the question that's can't grant, you'll just you'll see the light. But um <laughs> And that light is the way is that fryer. Shaving his wang at people. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much boys for giving up your night and coming on and, and talking to us. For everyone listening, obviously this is gonna we're hopefully gonna get this out either at Christmas or just after. We hope you have a lovely Christmas, lovely New Year. Do keep your eyes posted in January for all the stuff coming at you for the UK English Masters. Um, in particular, keep an eye on the Proxy Table Gaming, uh, Paired Weapon Podcast, Land Rat, Thundercocks, Cavalier's Tale. James, you'll be on all of them, right? Uh, maybe I did around fabulous bit that I haven't been on. Um, to get around. going to have to buy exclusivity rights for you. Yeah. Uh, pretty expensive now. Can work out a deal with Jack. Mm, I'll throw you a wee taste test and you'll be grand. <laughs> Give me um, some submarines and save. <laughs> <laughs> what a high price. But yeah, thank you very much, boys. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you in the next one. See you later. Bye,